John Gruber, I was so excited yesterday. I was in receipt of many exciting things. Oh, yeah? From China. Oh, yeah. Many Chinese things arrived at my house tomorrow, uh, yesterday. And I, it's very early for me. I, I slept in a little bit, so I'm kind of out of it. Um, yeah, so I was really excited. I got the new uh, big boy iPad. And I hurriedly, I said, I said, honey, you watch, watch, uh, watch, watch some cartoons. I'm going to go to the office and <laughs> I'm going to go restore my iPad. And I got there and I went, hmm? Because I have a Retina 5K iMac from two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. The, the first Retina 5K yeah, iMac. That's I still got that. And, and I, I stood there like, like my late stepfather holding a cord with two different things on it going, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> looking back and forth and i realized at my office as it stands i do not have any way to go from this particular machine to usb-c that i know of it's it is funny i don't have that either i've i've got a bunch of i've got my front pocket of my backpack is uh i got one of these backpacks <laughs> that's, where you keep, that's where you store dongletown yeah it's it, it's a very small pocket but i now have many many dongles and it's not not even all of them are usbc related they just have right know, i decided that i would i'm never going to get caught short again without a dong- right right dongle. I, I have a bag that up until this week was real good for that purpose it's just that you know you're the one who studied math you're the engineer but my if you think about it, it used to be mostly as simple as you go on the road with whatever and you need uh some kind of little plug thing that goes from USB A to thirty pin, and now over time, as I got more other devices, non Apple devices, that became uh, micro, but usually mini USB mini. You got to account for that. So in that case, I always get them wrong. But whatever the one is that's, that's flat and popular, uh, I got I got that kind that's reversible or flippable, right? Where you can put it in either way, and it usually works. Because I would always get it wrong, you know. We get it wrong more than 50% of the time. I got one of those. I had all those. You know, but the problem is then uh, then you start getting this this weird, like, anytime you draw that, do that network drawing with more than a few dots and connect all the dots, <laughs> it becomes hopelessly confusing. You add USB-C to that mix, and now all of a sudden, I I, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Professor Frank or something. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to need several different... And I, honestly, there will certainly be things where I complain about Apple today. I'm honestly not complaining. I'm just noting like I thought I had I thought I had it wired man I had the literally I had the anchor hub the USB-C hub that was great for going on the road I've got I'm I'm pretty like stored up at this point with having devices that charge faster you know with between iPads and uh iPhones I've got the higher powered uh USB adapters yeah but now I need to revisit the whole system. I have a I have a go bag where I can just throw in a suitcase and know to a certainty that everything from the Apple Watch to the Fitbit to the Mac to the iPads will all be taken care of. And I knew I'd be good. And I, I do need to revisit that. And I think it's going to possibly get more complex. You know, it is weird because it doesn't seem like there's too many things out there, right? Most of everything I've got either needs the, you know, the lightning or the, mm-hmm. the USB-C now. But you still have mostly, some... Mostly lightning. I mean, let's be honest. Up until, you know, yeah. this week. Well, but then you've also got your your oddball devices that need the... Uh, I've, I don't even know what it's called. Is it called. mini My, or micro? Which micro. one is it? Wasn't My, it? My, mini was the one that was, was not even that mini. Mini was the one that was... That's the, the Android-ish one that's taller yeah. and like a trapezoid right. kind of. And then the, the one in uh, what? Like in everything else. Is in micro. modern devices. Is micro, yeah. Right. And so like my external battery packs, you know, they, those yes. things need yeah. always need micro. Who knows why? The God, if we could get those things on USB-C, it would really upgrade the world. Uh, I think the Kindle still takes the micro. 
Yes. I don't know. I've got it a does, brand new. It does. I have a brand new Kindle upstairs that I, I got came like f- three and a half weeks ago, and I still haven't opened the box because it's like <laughs> busy. It's like the busy time of the year for me, and I've got I know. You know, all these other I things. So it's like I can't dick around with a new Kindle. Well, you know, it, it's it. I don't know. This is actually a somewhat interesting, I think, somewhat germane topic, which is like almost all the time in Apple since. Let's say, what, 1998? I mean, in all the time since then, it always feels like we're in the middle of a transition. Mm-hmm. Whether that's, let's start with, you know, floppies not being relevant anymore. Right. The widespread uh, adoption of USB-A. But really, at every step along the way, I mean, uh, it's only people like my friend John Roderick that feel like it was 30-pin jacks forever. And then why does Apple keep changing it? It, it really is it's a constant time of transition. And so you just look at the one vector of this thing you plug in to your device. Let's say the most basic one. You need a way to charge your iPhone. Well, of course you need a way to charge your iPhone. But in a lot of cases, you also need a way to get data over that cable, which changes things a little bit. Because yeah. if you are traveling and have multiple devices and you don't want to be an insane person carrying like a doctor's satchel full of these things around, you have to really think all that stuff through. And the USB-C does, does complicate that. Because uh, like, for example, I was thinking... So what do you use to charge your iPhone from your new iPad that must be USB-C to lightning? Right. Do you have that cable? No, I don't have that cable. <laughs> I don't okay. think I do. I really don't I think know, I do. I want to be clear. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I might I'm have it somewhere. I'm becoming aware that I had to jump I on might the Segway and go back and forth to the house three times. Right. And I still could not figure. It was like, it's like the thing my kid does now. She's, uh, she's in fifth grade and she has these logic problems where like Doug is sitting next to John and John has a hoagie. And it's like, you go, ah, so, so who's on the train? And, and, uh, and I eventually gave up and went with um, iCloud backup because I am a compulsive iCloud cloud backupper i actually then, prefer course, the icloud for the restoring it's come the so far john it's yeah. really stem to stern the entire thing uh oh yeah and again so you're, you're making the point for me which was if we only account for power that's one thing if we only account for data or you know that's another thing what we we're st- what we still need to get our head around if we're going to stay in this universe is all the other stuff too we also we do have the constant of mostly 10 hour plus or minus battery life to keep in mind but, <clears throat> I mean, we've talked about this how many times, where sometimes your LTE connection some places is actually faster than the Wi-Fi connection. Yep. You can do some pretty substantial uh, stuff and not have to check on it constantly. It's not like burning a CD in, like, 2002. Like, you, can, you know that stuff is eventually <clears throat> going to work, but you do have to take all that into account. You, you have to then think about stuff like uh, still USB, USB keys for moving stuff around, things like the files uh, apps and services. And, you know, if we, I guess the, the, what I'm trying to say is in order to avoid becoming a completely unhappy old man, it is important for me to keep focusing on where things are and where they are going rather than gazing exclusively at where I thought they should be in 1987. Mm. You know, I, I don't miss SCSI 50. I, yeah. I don't miss it. That was, it was brutal. Yes. I, I, you have to take into account how the entire ecosystem works together and is moving. And of all the things we can be skeptical uh, with about Apple, I think one is that they have a pretty good idea about how it will fit together, I hope. Yeah, I think the weird thing, too, that uh, while testing this new iPad, I, at one point um, on the last day, I think because the reviews were going up Monday morning. Let me see if I have my timeline. Yeah, Monday was the iPads and Tuesday was MacBook Air. Um, I had been using this iPad for you know the better part of a week, but Amy is a much more avid 
iPad user than me, and I wanted her to use it because I was really interested in her perspective of would she like this size, meaning the 12.9. And mm-hmm. so I wiped it and and gave it to her and let her restore her iPad thing. And again, that went so fast. It was like, oh, this could be a nightmare. This, you know, am, am mm-hmm. I misremembering how quick it was for me to set this up? And it was seriously, it was like, I don't and know. Isn't there a small part of your mind? I mean, like, so, so just real quick. So what I do, here's my, my screw up was I'm running uh, the developer betas on most of my iOS devices, because I'm that guy. Um, and of course, my backup was 12.1.1. And so oh, I right. try to restore, and it yeah. says, sorry, no luck. So I wipe, I start over, and now I have to get... So, But it turns out in the time since then, even in that day, now it's got to be 12.1.2. <laughs> so I got to get them both up to 12.1. This is not a, a huge problem, but it was an extra like three hours all told. But you're, what you're saying is correct. If you're a normie, and just running normal software, that's just probably going to work fine. And and it is shocking. All you have to do is go to reset. Please be very careful and don't just do this while I'm talking. You go to reset, you say erase all content and settings, and then it just comes back up and you say restore from iCloud. Which one do you want? And that's it. That's really it. Really, it's it's shocking how fast. Oh, and also then that new thing where you get basic settings from a nearby iOS device, sort of like with the Apple TV setup. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And it gives, it really get does you, speed get you on up. the Wi-Fi and stuff like that, and that, so you don't have to type in your fiddly. So you, so you wipe and give it to her. Tell me what you think about this. Well, it's, uh, we, she likes it. And she's like, yeah, I think I want this size. And, and she said, I think her exact words were, if, if the iPad is your jam, the size is your jam. This is, this is what people, you know, she got. Talking about the, the big boy. The big boy, the 12.9 mm-hmm. inch one. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, but then it's like bedtime and she's going to bed and she's got like <laughs> one lightning cable on her side of the bed. And she's like, she's like, how do I plug this in? And I was like, no, no, it needs a new. It needs a new plug. <laughs> Idiot. And she's looking at the bottom of this, and she goes, you're telling me this is different. And I said, yeah. And, yeah. and she goes, you've got to be shitting me. <laughs> like, <laughs> and she's like, well, wait, if I put the new plug over here, will that one pl- plug my phone, uh, charge my phone? I was like, no, it's... it's they, <laughs> you got they, this they... box full of asterisks about how this is better. <laughs> yeah, and well, I'm, I'm not even sold that it's better. You know, I, I, I get... I get I see the trade-offs, right? I can make yeah. the, I can make the list of pros and cons, and but she just looked at it and just was like, "You've got to be shitting me! This is ridiculous! How can, I've got these lightning cables, you know, everywhere I need them around the house to charge whatever." When I, I buy need. them. I've, I'll, I'll often buy the Amazon ones because they sell a six-foot one mm-hmm. or whatever the long, longer than yeah. the one that comes with it. I frequently buy them, and when I do, when I get them from Amazon, I buy them in pairs because when am I not going to need those? Well, I've, Not I've least been... because they get that little crayon mark eventually. If you use them long enough, you get that little corrosion on there and you want to be able to switch them out, that kind of stuff. So I've got, I'm lousy with, uh, I've with, been, fire, with those I've, cables. I've been buying the ones from, uh, oh, I always forget the name of the Monoprice? company. Monoprice. The Monoprice ones that have three caps. Uh, so it's, it, it, natively the cable has the micro USB, but then there's a lightning cap like a little little lightning condom you put on the top oh, and it's I and see. it's connected you know there's it's there's, on like a little tether so it's yeah. not going to fly off like an apple pencil one yeah so the one mm-hmm. cable has all three things you you can do micro you can do lightning you can do USB C. and as far as i can tell you don't pay any kind of penalty on that it's like when you're going with you you put the USB C cap on and you plug it into the powerful 30 watt charger you're you're getting the full 30 watt you know just because even though it's at some point going through a little micro USB thing. I don't mm-hmm. doesn't see, I yeah. haven't done, I haven't sent it to UL labs, but it seems like you don't lose anything, but I have to say it's, it is ugly. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. an ugly little tentacle of mini cables at the end of the cable. 
It, it is, and uh, there are so many things about. This is the first time in a pretty long time that, except for my desktop Mac, which is, as I say, I think I got in August. I want to say of 2016, whenever whenever the 5K Retina was relatively new. Uh, I'm I'm up to date on all my devices right now. I've got like I'm a fancy boy, and I've got recent versions of everything. <clears throat> and you know, it, it is funny what what they say. You get used to this, or you come to expect this. It, it is kind of funny. At almost almost every step, I have been proven utterly wrong. <laughs> like when I saw the notch, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" I will never not see the notch all the time. And now I'm on my second iPhone 10 series, and it it's I'd see it, but it doesn't bother me. It's it's it yeah. doesn't bug me at all. And for, further to that point, <clears throat> so I'd spent just enough time setting up this gorgeous new uh, iPad yesterday, just enough time that when I popped over to flip on the uh, previous iPad Pro 10-inch, I went, hmm, that's kind of a, kind of a modest-sized screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's no different than my feeling of picking up my kid's iPod she never uses anymore just to make sure it's up to date. And I go, oh, my gosh, this is like rubbing on a postage stamp. This thing feels so little. It is, it is strange. But, but the other, the corollary to that uh, is that... But you increasingly do notice how how crazy some stuff is. Like it really feels like we should be closer to truly wireless charging. Mm. For example, you yeah, know yeah. when you I mean the the apex of this, and thank God this has gone away. Of course, the lollipop effect of sticking your Apple Pencil one into your iPad never stopped feeling utterly asinine. Second only, perhaps, to that mouse you had to flip over to stick the charger into. Well, I, you, get, I, you, you get used to most all of it, but you also become increasingly aware of, like, God damn, this thing is so good at so many of these things that it does really feel like a little bit of a legacy relic to have certain things, including a cable sticking out yeah. of the bottom while you're trying to use it. I was thinking about this the other day. It's funny. I could, I could tell you exactly what block of the city I was on. I was just talking to I don't know if this is like an age thing or what, but more and mm -hmm. more, it's like I can remember exactly where and when I was when I had a thought. <laughs> It's, oh yeah, so if I'm I can like, remember them at all, I can usually yeah. remember. I think it's the other way around. I think it's you just don't remember much. You probably always remember, but now it's the all thoughts right. you do remember. You know. So what you got the so you got the new pencil thing. Yeah. No, you didn't get the pencil. I did. No, no, oh. I got. I got. No, I got everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm the four digit club. The, the yeah. new pencil is is the greatest little Apple thing. I, I can. I, I raved about it better in at, in at least three or four ways. It's I raved better. about it in my review. It was the yeah. little sentence of the review that Apple picked up and and put on there, like what the reviewers are saying, uh, which is always a weird thing for me. I always think, think like I can't believe. You know, I should. <laughs> I shouldn't understand that that Apple reads my stuff and cares what I think. But it's like, whoa! I can't believe. <laughs> They're quoting me. They didn't uh, use the shit sandwich one? No, didn't use that. <laughs> but I, I feel like even though I raved about it so much that Apple even picked that segment to talk about it, I still don't feel like I did justice to just how beautiful this this thing is and every aspect of it. Like, And I even wrote in my little thing it that it nears per perfection for the concept. So in theory, somebody could have a concept of a stylus that works differently, something that has like three little clicky buttons so you could just sit there and click. You know, there's other ways to do a stylus. But the idea of a stylus with no buttons that just works, mm -hmm. you know, this, this new one is it is seriously near perfection. The one and only idea, I really sat there and thought, well, how would I even suggest an improvement? The only thing I could think of was it would be nice if it had like haptic feedback for that double tap thing. 
because as it stands, you you double tap it, and whether it's hard the, to tell sometimes if it's taken, especially on an app that hasn't been updated. Well, the, yeah, the you pen, don't know that you've missed the pencil itself has no feedback to offer you. So the right. only way you can get feedback is in the app you're using. And so, like the Notes app, which has been updated for it, you mm-hmm. the little eraser will pop up. It animates and has a little spring to it, you know. And it's like, okay, you switched to the eraser by by double tapping. It would be nice if the pencil offered you that feedback. Uh, but other than that, I can't even think of a way to improve it. It's so beautiful. And you're right that the and I was still what the thought I had the other day was was about the the bad rap that the old pencil got for that lollipop effect you're talking about. Because it was awkward. It did look silly. It always and I don't know why, every time I did it, I feel like, oh Christ, don't break it. You know, it just felt like because it's just sticking out. And I never came close to breaking it. You know, uh, but it somehow it's not the kind of thing you would see in an Apple product photo you know, feature. It, it, it looks really weird and it's an anxiety making, uh, but it was, but I totally see why they did it. Right. It's totally Mm -hmm. justifiable because in addition to charging and in addition to the fact that when the pencil is low on juice, you only, you really only needed to to stick it in for a couple seconds, you know, 30 seconds and you'd be good for a long stretch. Mm -hmm. Um, but the fact that it also is what paired it to the iPad. So if you've got one pencil and a couple of iPads and, you know, you're not even, you know, it's like, this isn't your pencil. You just stick it in the lightning port and it's like, okay, I got you. Now this is the, the iPad is saying, this is my pencil now. Got it. It's mm-hmm. brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to go to settings. You don't have to, you know, pair. There's no, you know, it, it's, it's brilliant, but boy, this is so much better without having to actually stick it in a port. Just snap. Yeah. And this is something I, uh, I feel like I, I say I, I don't like to invoke the whole specter of Steve Jobs for things. I think it's pretty lame most of the time. But there's a tremendous irony in the fact that it is a stylus that is the product I look at from the last five years. I go, wow, Steve Jobs would have liked this. Yeah. Ironic, of course, because of the you blew it line. Um, but this is a very Steve Jobs kind of thing. Um, just the subtle touches. Of, this does not feel to me like a purely Johnny type of thing. I think the first pencil feels like a very Johnny kind of thing because it looks great until you have to use it. And then it's kind of silly. And in this case, no offense, but, but in this case, the thing looks great no matter how you're using it. The subtlety of like, it's fun. They, they, I, I wonder, you know, if they certainly must have thought of calling it the number two pencil, but that would have been confusing. <laughs> but, but adding that, what would be the one flat side, uh, would, I think that's probably a hexagonal plane if you'd done that all the way around. It, would be, it feels like a pencil on that part. Yeah. Yes, it does pop right on. Another one that's so subtle, uh, it, it feels real sturdy. But the, the texture, it's so strange. They're so good at materials, the texture of this thing. If, if God forbid, Steve Jobs ever had to live to see a stylus on one of his devices, I think he'd be proud of this one. I think this really, uh, especially for, I consider this a 1.0. I feel like this is a real do-over. Mm-hmm. I guess the tips are similar, but this feels like a real do-over of the concept. And I, I think he would be very proud of this. I think this would fit into his idea of how we interact with stuff. Yeah. I, and that's, you know, if you go back and listen to what he said, I think his, his context was clearly, well, A, it was a classic jobs in if yeah, we don't you have to use you have to use a stylus yeah it was about right. having you know a, a, a device where 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 there are certain features that require the stylus and that's what he meant by blue it i don't think that he even even then at that moment was opposed to say the fact that you know that there were plenty of people using wacom tablets with macintosh computers you know and a stylus you know that there's of course artists need a stylus to draw um 
But, you know, there's a classic Jobsian. If Apple isn't selling X yet, then every X on the market is both unnecessary and garbage. Garbage. Just just (laughs) poor design. Yeah, 100%. There's another one of his, uh, I don't don't know if this is apocryphal, but I feel like I remember him saying at one time, nobody's going to, nobody watches movies. Yeah, it was, (laughs) I remember, it was when the first color iPod came out with, and it only had support for photos. Yeah. And talk about... That's, that's the thing. That's the thing is I do remember having that particular, whichever iPad, iPod was the first one that could show a video. And it was, I do feel like it was easily one of the first things I ever bought uh, as like an i a videos thing from iTunes. I think I bought a few episodes of the show Psych. And I remember specifically, I was staying at John Roderick's house and in his mom's guest room. And I remember having the dingus that would let me go to RCA cables. And I was <laughs> I was watching video from an iPod on a TV, and but it did feel very exotic. It did feel very. I, I enjoyed the episode y'all did about two thousand one on the incomparable. Oh it yeah, did very much feel like something you know, a little bit proto Haywood. You know, yeah. like <laughs> when you're on your way, hanging out waiting, waiting to talk to the Russians and you pull out your video device yeah. uh, in portrait mode. But it, <laughs> uh, that, but that was that was very exotic at the time. And now one of the reasons I suggest to people if you're gonna be a dumb rich boy and buy one of these things, don't buy sixty four. And everybody says, well, why would I ever use them? I, I look now, I'm not using 64. I was like, this is a movie machine. If you have a kid, you could have 10 movies on this thing all the time and never even notice. Mm. But if you, you pick, you get Scott Pilgrim, you get Harry Potter 3, you get a few classic movies that everybody likes and you put it on here. And now when you're somewhere with no connectivity, you have a movie machine that looks stunning. This screen is bigger and certainly more colorful than the screen that I grew up with as a child. And it is a primary way that tons of people, especially young people, watch video now. That changed a lot. Yeah. I don't have anything that takes up significant space on my iPads other than the movies, you know, and it was, you know, I don't have yeah. the little kids anymore. So it's not, it's not, you know, thank God though, that would have made life easier if, if we'd had <laughs> these things back then. Um, is he mostly, is he, it's so funny. So, John, so much of the stuff you told me about our kids are, I think three, four years apart. Yeah. God, we're just looking at pictures of them back in Wellington. They're so little. Oh. Uh, but it's it's so funny things you would say about how your your son is like he's doing like three different things at once on three different devices. And I'm yeah. like, oh, oh, that's so silly. How would you allow that? And I shot a video the other day of my kid <clears throat> playing Minecraft while watching on, on the iPad while watching Brooklyn Nine Nine on the TV <laughs> as she was on speakerphone with her friend who was also playing Minecraft on an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> it is there. The way they multitask is definitely multi-device. It's like this device right. is doing this, and this one's doing that. And so he's still like a big YouTube. Oh yeah, consumer, right. Yep. Yeah. And it's so yeah. bizarre. And, and I'll have like a FaceTime call going with a buddy, and they're like, "Am I? You guys watching the same thing?" And he's like, "No, no, <laughs> we're not dating." Right. Um, the, but you know, maybe this is part of a, a, a this a section is ends up being somewhat thematic, which is like, <clears throat> you know, anytime you're looking at this stuff. When when you and I were maybe a little bit younger, we could always kind of groan and grunt and point at the olds who just didn't understand. And at a certain time, those, you know what they didn't understand? A desktop computer. Yeah. Like, oh, why do you need that? Why don't you use a typewriter? And you're like, oh, you poor old man. You don't understand this. And now we are the ones who are constantly in danger of becoming that. And like the, the presence of mind that I think is valuable to hold in your head when, when it can occur to you is to look at where this is and where this is going Rather than exclusively looking at how it squares up with what you've done in the past. 
Like, you can get the terminal on lots of stuff, but, you know, just update. That's not the best way to do stuff nowadays. There's yeah. a lot of really nice ways. And learning to hew or mold or turn to the way that Apple is going is not a terrible idea if you want to stay uh, in this ecosystem. All right, let me take a break here and thank our first uh, special friend. It's our good friend at Away. You guys know Away. They make super high-quality suitcases. Uh, look, you go there, you go to, uh, away.com, you pick a suitcase. They got, here's their sizes. You uh, carry on the bigger carry on the medium and the large. It tells you everything you need to know about them. You don't have to, it's not like grande and tall and, and whatever. Oh, you mean the, the words mean stuff? Yeah. The words mean something. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> look, these are great. They have a whole bunch of, uh, colors to pick from. Uh, they're all made from premium German polycarbonate unrivaled in strength and impact resistance. You, if longtime listeners of the show, you know how long Away has been sponsoring this show. And before they, uh, the, the first time they sponsored the show, they sent me a carry-on. This is years ago, and I still use it. I've taken it on every single airplane trip I've gone on for years, and the damn thing looks brand new. <laughs> I, it's really, <laughs> these things are very, very well made. The wheels are still in perfect shape. And they even like months ago, uh, they were like, Hey, do you need a new, you know, do you want us to send you another suitcase? And I'm like, you don't have to send me another suitcase. My other one's still brand new. I mean, I, I honestly, it's, <laughs> what am I going to do with the new one? It's, it's, still, it's that I could, good. I could use a new one, John, because they sent me one a few years ago too, but mine has been adopted. Like so many things in my home that used to belong to me, they now belong mm. to someone else in the house who's decided that that's theirs now. Yeah. Great wheels, the TSA approved combination lock. Honestly, and kids, uh, kids love them. <laughs> <laughs> Great, uh, I swear to God, patent pending compression system. There's things inside and little. It's very simple. You don't need like an instruction manual, but it's a way to put like stuff that gets wrinkled, like dress shirts. Put them in the suitcase. You put this thing on top, cinch it, and then the shirts stay nice and flat. While while you're abusing your luggage on an airplane, uh, it's great. It's a great little system. They've got like a nice little bag built in that you can put your dirty clothes in for the trip, and then all your dirty clothes when you get home are in a nice little bag. You just shake them into the hamper or whatever you do. And they have a lifetime warranty. Uh, anything breaks, they will fix it or replace it to you, uh, place it for you for life. And you get a hundred day trial, hundred days. So buy it, use it for three months, travel with it take pictures, whatever you want to do with it. And then uh, if you don't like it, you can get a full refund, no questions asked. That's how confident they are. Uh, you get free shipping on any order within the lower 48 states. Sorry, Alaska. Uh, and the carry-ons are compliant with all the major U.S. airlines. Uh, and they have a retail store in New York City. So if you're in New York, you can actually go see these things in person. But you really, because of this, guarantee, the 100-day guarantee, you could, you could try, just buy it. Just buy it over the Internet. You don't have to go to the store. Uh, so here's the deal. You can save 20 bucks off a suitcase by going to awaytravel.com. So I was wrong. It's not away.com. It's awaytravel.com. That was a test. Mm-hmm. Slash talk show. And use that promo code talk show. T-A-L-K-S-H-O-W during checkout, and you can save 20 bucks on a suitcase. Uh, it's a great value. Great product, really. I, I mean this sincerely. I don't know what percentage of listeners of the show are using Away suitcases, but I'll bet it's pretty high. Did you mention the charging? Uh, no, I didn't even mention the charging. <clears throat> the carry-ons come with USB charging. I think you're the lead a little bit because this yeah. thing is a butt saver. Yeah, and we were just talking about charging devices. It's got two, two USB out. Ports. So you can sit there at the airport and charge your devices if you, if you have the right cable. 
And if you have the right cable, that's on you, though. That, don't blame away, away travel. But it, it's, uh, it's also a, um, I mean, mine's a few years old right now, but it's a, a, a pretty high-capacity battery. Yep. I'm usually able to get, like, at least, I feel like I want to say at least three or four full charges out of it. And yep. it's, got a, it's got a higher, it's got so it's a pretty, pretty good capacity battery, and it has two ports, A. Yep. Well, A, sorry. Um, bad word choice. It's got two, two ports that you can use, so you can charge two things at once. And one of them is a higher wattage that will charge your iPad faster. Yeah. Did you know that uh, you can get a free upgrade uh, if you have an older one? I did this. I need this. Yeah. I need this. This so is how you good get the, the little pop out, little yeah. toaster effect, right? Yeah. So the original, their original design, you could remove the battery, but you needed like a Phillips head screwdriver uh, and a couple of minutes of work, which would might be tough if you're at the gate. You know, like the, the scenario, the line. right? Yeah. The scenario where you would need to do this is if you thought you were going to put your suitcase in the overhead bin, and then they're like, well, "We ran out of space. We need to gate check the remaining bags." And you're not supposed to put a lithium-ion battery in a check bag. So you're supposed to take the battery out. Uh, so some of the airlines now, I don't even know which ones, but some of them have a, a policy where if it's not easily removable, you're not supposed to get it on the airplane at all. And so Away has switched to a different design. Little, You just pop it, you just punch at it, you know, and it pops right out, pops right back in. But if you've got their older one, they'll send you a free kit to turn your old mounting thing into a new one, which is great. And you're right. It's super high. I don't know how many mega amp hours. I think you usually say you can get at least five charges on an iPhone out of it. Yeah. Your miles may vary, but no, it's 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 pretty boss. Yeah, especially if for me, because you're not really there long enough to really like, you know, hopefully your bat, your phone isn't at zero at the airport. But, you know, just to sit there and while you're waiting for your boarding group to be called to sit there and, you know, fill up your iPhone as best you can for 20 minutes or whatever. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll never be that guy at the airport sitting on the... I always feel so bad for the people who sit. Oh, the guy who sits on the floor. Yeah, yeah. It's usually, and you know, I don't know if this is intended as punishment, but I, I am shocked at how often the available plugs are, are near a garbage can. <laughs> so it's usually somebody sitting there with McDonald's next to a garbage can. You're like, oh, you poor son of a bitch. She got in the way. Way travel. Right. And then the other thing too is that at airports, there's the newer things too, where there's like a, a bar. You know, like, right, right. and and they have stools, and it's like here's a place that is sort of these are waiting seats where you're you know supposed to have your laptop out or something, and there's there's ports for everybody. Those seats are always taken. You can never get one of those seats. Like I don't even know who these people are. Like the, the who who how do you get one of these seats? And it seems to me like people are like, wow, I'm so lucky I got one of these seats. I guess I'll just skip my flight. <laughs> <laughs> and stay here like i I'm never so comfortable <laughs> i put aside when i'm traveling with the family and it's not really you can't really get like three of them but even when i'm by myself and i've got 40 minutes you know i've i've cruised through security um i've got you know plenty of time to go i never get one of those seats so turn you know having the, the charger on your suitcase and, and you can sit anywhere and you can you can charge your devices with you it always <laughs> we always end up doing after the sponsor read we do like a whole segment of no, we travel, everybody. We travel. <laughs> so the, the one thing I want to say, I will to talk about these chargers, is the, the weird... It, it, <laughs> no, no, I yeah, do... Yeah. I, I, they're good. They're real good. You know, they're also good in a hotel room. Where right. maybe you don't feel like maybe your anger doesn't work because you didn't right. bring the right cords. <laughs> no, but isn't it? You, but you, you mentioned this before, where now the chargers, the high-capacity ones, like the one that comes with the, the iPad in the box, and I think it's the one that... I think it might be the same charger that comes with the MacBook Air, the new Air. Maybe. It looks looks different to me. The one I've been getting from the Apple store, you can tell me the wattage, but it's the one... God, it's so freaking confusing because there's the tiny little boys, 
the, the, oh, no, wait, what, no, was, the iPad comes with an 18 watt charger. That's right. It's, it's not, not the th- right. right. So right. I have taken stickers out of a Marvel Avengers sticker book and affixed them to different things. So I've got, I've got a wasp on the low wattage ones and a hmm. Hulk on the high wattage ones. Gotcha. And I'm able, I'm able to identify when's the last time you tried to read what the wattage is. Oh my God. Human eyes. <laughs> I mean, you're recently. You're pretty much a, I know your vision is pretty much that of a pirate at this right. point, but, no, it, but very recently, like so, I use the triple click. It's the only way I can read even what the thing is. Right, and it's it, <laughs> no, because I was looking and I was comparing it, and I, I recently bought a Pixel Three, and the Google gives you an 18 watt charger with the pixels, you know, and, and um, it's a very similar looking thing to the iPad charger, except Google's is bigger, of course. Um, but I'm trying to read what the wattage is on it. And I just gave up and like Googled and found like the Verge's review. And it's like, it, Verge tells me it's an 18 watt charger. So I was like, all right, it's 18. <laughs> I can't it such, it. It's such an, it's one thing for Apple to not tell you exactly like what RAM is in this, et cetera, et cetera. It's such an Apple move to A, <laughs> make it so you have to unplug it to see what it is. B, have the writing be comically, the, the type size is comically small. And and it's like it's like having EEE over CCC. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's the lowest contrast decision you could have made. It is a very light gray text on a <laughs> glossy white background. It is. It is uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, so Marvel stickers. It'll say, it'll save your day. Yeah, no, no. This is this is as long as we're talking about chargers. Yeah, so we have some setups where we try. You know, my wife is a grown woman. And she doesn't want the house to look like a bachelor lives there. Yeah. And so I try to make accommodations where I avoid things like the octopus of cables. And I, I really try to have a balance between, okay, everybody has a place in a way. Because everybody's got iPhones. Everybody's got watches. Everybody's got iPads. And we need a place to charge those. Of course, that's my job because nobody else does it. Not that I'm complaining. But we have stations around the house. And in one case, we've got something that I think was designed to be a old-fashioned, like a bamboo letter sorter or folder holder and uh, so we've got that on a a thing in the kitchen and i got one of those little zip up three channel have you seen the sleeves you can get i forget the brand name but it's like a sleeve uh with a zipper on it and three implied channels in it into which you can put cables and you don't get a big tangle oh yeah i think i know it's got a little bit of wiring in it so it can kind of hold a shape and because that's mostly hidden, I loop that around once, put a bulldog clip on it, and stick that behind this thing, and it's mostly not ugly. I don't love going through the holes, the channels for those things to do. That doesn't work for me. So anyway, we do that. And that was great because I had three of my Hulk plugs on there. So regardless of device, any lightning thing you put in there, you're going to be good. And then as a consideration to my, my grown-ass adult wife, I put one in the hallway because that's where she tends to leave her phone. Right, so I'm doing that kind of Berkeley design thing where I'm going to wait until people make the pass and then I'll put down the concrete. And it's like, oh, you, you leave your phone here. I will give you, I will accommodate you by putting this charger there with this very low key wire. You can just kind of pull out and stick in there. I got one. What are the round wireless chargers? Isn't Belkin? Who's the other one? What's the little round one mm, for? I don't know. I've been buying. You know, an, you know an, what I mean. I've been buying Anchor stuff recently. I love Anchor stuff. So yeah. I've got one of those next to where I sit on the couch, as well as another lightning cable that's kind of there because everybody needs to charge stuff all right. the time. Right. And now we've got USB C. So the system is going to have to change yeah. a little bit. Well, that's the thing. The thing that that. that the tra- the transition that our family must go through now with our cables is the the not the end of the charger that goes into your device it's the end that goes into the charger 
right? They used to all be <laughs> yes. they used to all be the old USB-A or whatever that yes. was called. And now they're the new trend is that they're USB-C. Uh, and that means we need new cables at the other end. And I, I have to say, and with all of the, you know, well, maybe Apple should just move the iPhone to USB-C and then everything's USB-C. You know, they, I see the sense of that argument. I don't think they're going to do it, but I see the I, sense of it. I, do, I, I see the desire for me to not have those cables, but I think that's that's a little early for them to do that, given their install base. Yeah, it's. But it, it. I will say though that I need. It, it is weird. A, a USB C on one end and Lightning on the other cable is really weird because USB C and Lightning are so similar in terms. You know, if you really look at it, you can see that USB C is quite a bit bigger. But that's a weird cable because it. It sort of seems like why are they different? You know, why mm -hmm. shouldn't they? They they should both be the same, but they're not the same. Yeah, well, it's right right now as of the <clears throat> whatever. Um, what's it been now? Probably eighteen hours that I've had this in my life. It, it feels like uh, we have a new family member who we dearly love, uh, and it's very important to our household. But it's not simply just too tall for the house we live in, but maybe a different shape than most human beings. And we're going to have to find a way to accommodate that. This is not the end of the world. And we represent a little bit of an edge case because what, what are you really looking at? Most people, most people who own an iPhone, especially if they bought it, this is, this is coming straight out of my ass. But like, I would guess that most people who are iPhone users who bought an iPhone in the last two to four years, primarily, if you had a pie graph of their usage, it would be a vast majority would be a big ass iPhone with a lightning cable, right? Yep. I mean, how many people <laughs> have an iPad and a laptop and an iPhone? Uh, certainly some, but, but I think we've got a little bit of, uh, I don't know, bias based yeah. on like the people we roll with Yeah. in the same way that like, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm currently becoming very interested in how much people actually use iP iPads for real non-media jobs. Mm -hmm. And it's been super interesting. Federico has been doing the same thing. It's very interesting to get feedback from people who have real big boy jobs and, and use iPads, but it would be really easy for us to say like, well, well, you know, I have this problem. Why don't you, why doesn't everybody fix this? And like, well, think about Apple, think about scale. Like <laughs> you got to think about people all over the world needing to make those changes at the, at the same time. And that's, that's, that's a, that's a big ask. Yeah. I think it's weird. And it's funny because the, you know, new iPads come out and I, I, the new iPad pro is a more interesting device to write about than like eight months ago or whatever it was when the quote unquote regular iPads were updated, you know, cause the regular iPads are, are mostly about price. It is about being able mm -hmm. to sell them for like 350 bucks. And so there's no technology in it that's new and interesting. It's just, here's a really nice iPad that's, you know, two or three years behind the cutting edge and it sells for a lower price. So that as a reviewer and a nerd, the pro is a way more interesting to write about. But there's a part of me this week writing my review and, and talking to other people and reading the other reviews that is like, here we go again. I know that everybody, you know, talking about this whole, can you do your work on the iPad? And it, why not just get a laptop? blah, blah, blah. Everybody, everybody can go on for thousands of words on this. Everybody can do an hour on their podcast about this. And we, it seems like we never get anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a part of me that I, it's not so different from politics because the, the kind of, uh, something I've really been thinking about and prepping for this is like how often the thing that we're doing, it's just the most obvious thing in the world, how much we're saying, yeah, but what about me? Like, what about the way I think about this? And that becomes, a for, that becomes your form of argumentation, right? Is, or your form of perceived persuasion. 
when, you know, that's not, that's not how everybody else thinks about it. Yeah. I thought, uh, I didn't, you know, I still have a bunch of tabs open with a, a bunch of these reviews because it was so busy. It was a crazy week. It's just crazy doing an iPad Pro review and a MacBook it's Air a lot. review. It's a lot. I mean, especially coming on the heels of the XS. Like, yeah. It's, it's a lot. Um, but, you know, I read some of them and, you know, Joanna Stern is always a favorite of mine and I really enjoyed her MacBook Air review. Um, she didn't do the iPad Pro, though. Her colleague at the Wall Street Journal, David Pierce, did. A lot, a lot okay. of these people who work at real publications only had to review one of the products. It was like me and Jason Snell, I think. Who, oh, poor, who did. poor Jason. Yeah. Jason did, uh, I think he did all three. I know he read, I know he did Mac Mini the and iPad, MacBook Air. I think the iPad, yeah. So on, um, on an upgrade, they talked about the laptop and the Mini, but they're holding off the iPad till next week, I think. Yeah. But uh, well, so, now, so what was the 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 Wall Street Journal guys? David Pierce. David Pierce. He used to be at uh, I think he was at Wired for a while, and then at, he's like one of these guys who can't hold a job. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he was at the Verge back in the day. Uh, I, I joke, but it's it's funny when you're in, inside this. There's a, just just a, a lot of movement in these jobs. People, you know, mm-hmm. people are bouncing around, uh, especially after they pivoted to video. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's true. It is true. Yeah, a lot of grenades are still rolling around. Um, Thanks, Facebook. But his review was, uh, I thought, I thought it was fair. And I think that it was very honest from his perspective. But it was, if there's a, there's a trend in these, it's, it is iPad reviews that say you can't replace your laptop with this. Your, where, your good buddy Neelai Patel. Had a where, well, where, but I thought Neelai's was a better take on this because I thought that it, with Pierce's, I thought that it, it's a common problem where he's using the second person, you, when he really mm-hmm. means first person, him. You know, oh, nice, I can't nice replace my yeah. laptop with an iPad. And that's where I am personally. Me personally, John Gruber, I really feel like if I needed to do work, and I don't even do video, I don't even do video on my review. So. You know, and I don't do a lot of photography. Uh, and you have somebody re- else edit your podcast. Yeah, yeah, I do. Actually. No, I mean honestly, right. honestly, I mean you're not so, sitting there in Fairlight on right. a plane. But there's a couple of scenarios. Media, you know, people who do video editing and audio editing. There's a lot of those are the people who are saying, "Look, I can't. My workflow can't move from the Mac to iOS, or or if it does, it requires so much fiddliness that it's not worth it." Uh, I'm not there, but even me, I just feel like I always, you know, my analogy is I just feel like I've put mittens on (laughs) at Mm -hmm. times and I'm trying to, trying to use this thing with a pair of mittens covering both hands. And if I could, you know, switching to a MacBook would be like taking the mittens off. That's just me. But I try to keep it in mind at all times that this is a very first person thing for me. And I see other people who are doing amazing amounts of work on their iPad and really, liking it and so you know i try not to get into it but i felt like pierce's was more about his specific needs and his scenarios were things like well not everybody has to do that and whereas i thought neelai's was was a better take neelai's take at the verge was uh was really generous well and just really interesting and you know like he he mentioned specifically um that you know and i think it sticks out like a sore thumb that that okay we've switched to USB C and you could take a USB C like thumb drive and oh that you can't put the uh, yeah 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 right, you could right. stick it in the iPad like and but I why to, in the world wouldn't it come up in files it's the right. single most obvious thing in the world right I don't and I don't think that it should you know like the moment you plug it in that it should pop up automatically and put something in your face and take over your it would, screen it would be like if you had a copy of trans almost like if you had a copy of transmit 
on your Mac and it couldn't see files on the computer. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's you'd just be like, well, no, I can't really FTP if I can't get to my stuff. And you're like, well, that's not really what it's for. It's forgetting, uh, it's forgetting to remote directories. And there is, I thought like Neil review kind of got to where Apple is trying to have it both ways. So mm-hmm. uh, Adobe's stuff featured very heavily in their iPad pro uh, demos during the event in their demos in the hands-on area last week after the event and in some of the promotional stuff that they are talking about but they you know and rightly so that they you know this like the photoshop for ipad looks amazing lightroom on the ipad is right now because the photoshop at least is you could at least put an asterisk because it's coming in 2019 you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's like the Verge has access to the beta right now. It works. It's definitely, you know, in, in close enough to shipping where it's, 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 you know, usable, but it's clearly a beta. But Lightroom is a real thing for the iPad right now. Um, and I mentioned that they had these photos by uh, Austin Mann, who was there at the event and at the hands-on area. And he was, he shot these photos, you know, I forget where he was, he, you know, he travels he's seriously like a he and his wife are like a mini national geographic mm-hmm. um 50 megapixel <laughs> images from this amazing looking hasselblad hasselblad camera jeez uh, louise and lightroom just goes through and and he's sitting there and he's you know it, it's not like if i were doing it it's like well i'll just here make it look black and white i mean this is a professional photographer with right, a great right. eye and he's adjusting and he's dehazing you know like the dehazing is actually have you looked at this in no i haven't it like I, it, it's magic it's like so but if it's there's something that requires like maybe not ai but it requires yeah. some inference about it, what constitutes haze yeah it is i think it is ai i don't know and mm-hmm. adobe has this anti you know adobe has figured it out and it's amazing so you have this image and it kind of looks cool but then you dehaze it and it's like oh my god i can't believe that's the same image wow but anyway all of these things happen instantaneously which makes it look like either these were tiny little thumbnail images you know just you know 2000 by 2000 pixels or something not 50 megapixel or that these results were pre-rendered and you're tapping these things and you know here's all these pre-rendered results you can flip through but no it's all happening live on 50 megapixel raw images it it truly as a computer it is truly a phenomenal device in terms of you know mega flops whatever you know whatever you want to say about speed <laughs> right. it is incredibly fast and it is doing things that you just have no expectation that it would be that fast um and I, again it wasn't why apple set it up i mentioned this on my show last week but they had a 15 inch macbook pro next door and the reason they had it there was to show you the adobe cc lifestyle where you can make these changes on one device and it all goes through the creative cloud and here you can see the same image and the same changes you made instantly sync over to this other device. But the thing I did on this MacBook Pro, which is, you know, loaded to the gills, this is probably like a $6,000 MacBook Pro, is open the same image and just pinch to zoom. And it wasn't slow, but it wasn't like butter smooth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so the iPad is blowing away. It's butter smooth when you pinch to zoom on the iPad with these gigantic, ginormous images. Yeah, yeah. But yet, what Neelai pointed out is the, the workflow of getting images into Lightroom on the iPad is kind of ridiculous. Because when you plug in a camera or a uh, SD card reader, the only app that can deal with it is the Photos app. And so you, it's like built into the system. So the Photos app recognizes it and p- appears and says, oh, okay, I see you've plugged in a camera. Would you like me to import... Oh. 
Oh, that's so interesting because, yeah, I mean, I guess in some ways, in some ways that absolutely makes sense because what else would you want to put it in unless you're getting into a world where you've got stuff? So how do you get it? How do you get Lightroom? Do you have to put it into files first? Yeah. You, well, no, you have to put it, you go into photos and then somehow uh-huh. you've got to import from photos into Lightroom. And, and like Neil, I pointed oh, this out not, to that's Apple. That's not elegant. Well, yeah. and Apple said, well, you know, and like he said very proudly that Adobe is publishing a Siri shortcut. Um, that will import images from the photo, the, the system camera roll into Lightroom and delete those images from the camera roll so they're not sitting there taking up your, your camera roll. <laughs> That's accomplished through a series shortcut. Right. And, and this shortcut hmm. isn't out yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. But well, it's like, hmm. that is, okay. that is ridiculous though. It's Do a you rid- like watch it run and stuff I guess like, it's, like it's, in a regular series shortcut. It just seems like a ridiculous workflow. It's so Rube Goldberg. Right. It's like the real, the better way, the more direct way to do it is to import on a Mac first and then just open your iPad and have them appear through the cloud. But that doesn't, that's not the message. The message isn't, well, for, first step, go to a Mac, right? Like, right. That's one of those things. Like when step one is go to a <laughs> now Mac. Now you really knew they blew it. <laughs> yeah. it's <laughs> Right. <laughs> when your Mac is your stylus, like you've got, got to go. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's interesting because you, you're pointing out something that's so interesting, which is like um, you show capabilities in these demos. Right. And I, God, I wish I could remember. It was uh, John Hicks uh, was talked about this app that he was using on iPad. It was 20 bucks. And I bought it last night. And I was trying to find the name of it. But it's this astonishing new uh, drawing app with vectors and layers. And it is, I opened it up and I just closed it because it was freaking me out so much. It's incredible what this thing can do. Layers and layers and layers and layers and layers. I'll find it for show notes. Okay. Um, and so you, certainly you show off those sort of capabilities where you go like, okay, you know, if we added this down, you say, this is a thing that you can do. And you're like, wow, that's really cool. But then you're like, hmm, can we, how does that scale up? Like if we want to really do that. And in the, in the case of something David Sparks used to talk about years ago before iCloud syncing got good, like, are you going to trust, you know, the early versions of iCloud sync to hold your career as an attorney where that, that, that is now something he can do. They have scaled that up and that now works and you can have folders and it works across all the things. But once again, now we're in a funny little in-between area where that, yes, this has this capability that could curl your hair. But like, you know, good luck this week trying to use that as a professional. Isn't that kind of part of the sticking point? Yeah, I don't know. It just seems it just seems a little spiteful. It's, I use the I, word I cannot... spiteful and it, it just feels spiteful. It feels like, oh, come on, this thing is so powerful. And here's this USB drive. And I know that you speak USB and I can connect them and then nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the only part about that that feels, hmm, I certainly wouldn't say dishonest, but feels a little bit sketchy where you get into the asterisks is, like I say, like how you would use this thing in the field. Something that our, our good friend Marco Armit runs against, I just think this is the classic example, is that what do you do with a one-port professional computer if you need to record a podcast? Like, you think you live in Dongletown now? Well, welcome, welcome to Dongletropolis, because that's good luck even trying to make that happen. Yeah. It's something that seems like it should be so straightforward with a professional laptop, but and, you know, this is my, 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 so that, that, that's frustrating when you see the demo of the capability, but then you are, and I, I'm not Federico, forgive me. I'm not trying to say it is strictly an iOS software problem. There's tons you can do. I keep returning to this one thing. Every time I look at this, yes, this is a thing that is developing. We're still so far ahead of where we were years ago, but with all of this stuff, I still, I'm always, I've become very sensitive to looking for the old man part of this. Yeah. 
Um, and it's not always it's not always germane. Sometimes it is that Apple's just being stubborn or they're not ready to release this because it's not good enough or whatever it is. Or maybe they're being spiteful. Who knows? But I do try to always find the old man part in all of this. Am I being an old man here? The same kind of people who are like, you know, well, think about when, we, when you first got, you know, PowerBooks. And, 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 or, you know, or any kind of like a laptop, the people who just, let alone that it was a Mac laptop, they just thought you were so silly. You'll never be, you, you're a child. You, that might as well say Fisher Price on it. And now, I mean, and the truth was you could do a fair amount then, and you can do even more now because that's how it works. But you and I both have people who live in our household that we can look to for how a non-old person looks at this stuff. And I try to never miss an opportunity, even when they're doing it quote unquote wrong. I try to look to that. No. And I, I do think this is super valuable because how can I put this? I don't have a smart way to say this, but you know, however we arrive where we are in feeling that we have expertise with something, um, even if you can demonstrate that expertise, you can prove that expertise. You can, in fact, I'm talking expertise in a job, not just with a given technical skill, right? But there are people you know who are crazy smart and experienced who have gotten somehow. Let's for a minute avoid how they got there, but we can take it as read that this person really knows their stuff in their sort of domain of the work that they do and the tools that they use in order to achieve it, right? I mean, we can certainly look at people like that. Now, now, what's interesting about that is some of those skills are things we started learning. Think about the skills we started learning in the 80s and 90s and the problems that we were going to solve with those skills. The, the tools that were available to us, both educationally and professionally. I guess what I'm trying to say is that is, is it not possible that there will be a path to expertise in the future that doesn't take the same precise winding road you and I took? And I think we always have to keep that in mind. So when I, I look at somebody sitting in a Starbucks typing on the keyboard of an iPad, and I'm like, oh, God, that looks – I can't do that. That is brutal. There's no key travel. Like, right. how, how are you doing that? And yet, look at how many people that are under 25 are totally happy to type on an iPad, Yeah. right? And, and, but so, so somebody like you and me, like, well, you got to have your DOS keyboard, like, oh, what do you, or your, in your case, your extended keyboard. I guess I'm just trying to say, like, I think we have to, I think it's important to keep in mind that that long winding road to expertise, success via experience is, does not have to take the t- same shape that we did in order for people to be successful. Right. I, I realize I'm beating this into the ground, except this is something I so struggle with. And I've talked to Syracuse about this at length on reconcilable differences, but my kid's sitting there with a Chromebook doing her homework and Google Docs. And I'm like, oh my God, you're doing everything so wrong. Stop using the touchpad for everything. Learn the commands. But you know, she hasn't died. She hasn't exploded yet. (laughs) She's learning as she goes. But her path to whatever comes in her future must necessarily take a different path than, than, than I took. And I really try to keep that in mind. It's not an excuse for saying like, hey, it'd be great if the capabilities demonstrated here were supported by an infrastructure that makes that scalable for professionals. But I think we also have to watch the way the wind is blowing. I'm carrying on, but do you kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I, you know, but then there's other problems where it, there is no new way. Like if the problem, like, and I was talking to the Verge guys after the event, you know, uh, you know, in the media area. And they were, they were just saying like, look, look at our scenario. There's like three or four of them. Uh, they're shooting with a standalone camera. They've got all this video footage and you know, these Mm -hmm. guys turn out the video 
like immediately, like they go up, they rush into the hands-on area, they shoot some, what do they call it? Like B-roll footage. And, yeah. you know, they're shooting footage of the new iPad Pro. It's like sh- shots of people like holding the iPad from different angles. Right. And stuff Meanwhile, like, like yeah. maybe Neelai is, is, is writing his narration for it. And then they, you know, within, you know, by like one o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern time, they've got like a video up on their site, uh, you know, like a nice little four minute, very <laughs> professional video. Mm-hmm. Um, that gets tens of thousands of views immediately. Um, and, and they were like, well, how, you know, how would we do this on an iPad? We've got all of this v- video footage. We've got a recording of audio. We, we need You know, we need a USB microphone to get, you know, good quality audio for the narration. How do we do that? How do, would we, if I've got, you know, this 4k video here and we need it there on your machine, cause you're the one who's going to edit it. How do we move this big, you know, multi gigabyte video over there with, if you don't have USB reader, <laughs> I mean, that's a, the sneaker net problem has still never gone away. Like, cause mm-hmm. eventually you're going to run into something where the files are big enough, where you can't reliably shoot them over the air at each other. Yeah. And I don't know, I guess, I guess I would look at that and I don't know. I mean, has Apple implicitly promised that you won't need Macs anymore? Because no, I, I don't no. think I don't feel like that's on the table no. at all. I think what they're saying is we're giving yeah. you. Right. I mean, not, not not to go back to I <laughs> uh, like Syracuse. I think automobile analogies often fall short, but uh, there are times when the car versus truck analogy does make a lot of sense. I think, but uh, yeah, I mean, like it, any in any profession, you choose the tools that you need and like to use and work best for you and you get great at them. Yep. And in that case, yeah, that's, that's a place where they got room to improve for sure. For sure. I, it's, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what the next step looks like. I would love to be a fly on the wall to see what um, iOS as an interface looks like in the next two years. I think it's really fascinating to think about where they're going to go next. Um, th- this, this device, <clears throat> this new iPad I've got is now fast enough that I, for the first time, it doesn't feel onerous to create, what was the technical name for it? When you drag, uh, drag over to the right and you pull up a second app. What, what is that? What is that called? I, I don't know. You know the thing. Like, <laughs> I know what you, you mean. Know, but... I, don't, I don't use it much because right. it's kind of a pain. Yeah. It, it honestly, it's. It, this is one area where they can show this is the so let, let's go back to this earlier thing let's show some capabilities here's a really cool capability let's say you're looking at safari and you want to make some notes uh, for a report that you're doing so you drag notes up to the right you can change how wide it is that's really cool it's not difficult but it's not crazy easy and it's certainly not crazy fast and if it's not already in the dock you're going to need to do do you remember the, the theatrics you would have to do with two fingers to get stuff up from the dock I, I personally did not spend a ton of time on it i don't even know the name of it because yeah. i just don't use it that much i believe to a certainty there are people who do yeah um what i noticed last night i just for fun i said oh, oh i'll just grab this thing from the dock and pull it over talk about butter smooth that worked great yeah but the basic concept of how you get the stuff that's not in the dock is still not surpassingly pretty yeah and i don't know what that's going to look like let alone how we're going to see all the pipes and wires underneath that in the next two years that would accommodate things like your lightroom uh thing you're talking about yeah and i i i wanted to talk about this multitasking thing because again i don't doubt that there are people who swear by it but to me it never seems worthwhile and i'll just through observation i can point out like i said my wife is an avid ipad user it is her main computer she spends more time like she even gets the reports now you know with the uh, screen time screen time yeah yeah i mean and you know her her she doesn't use her phone a lot uh she's just not a big phone nerd like i am my my phone numbers are 
gross. <laughs> you know, it's like 200 pickups a day or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't like that number. Uh, well, I don't mind it. I'm not embarrassed by it. Of course, I'm not surprised by it. So it's, you know, it, it, it doesn't bother me to look at it. I, I'm fully accept that I look at my phone all the time. But her iPad numbers are huge. She never uses the multitasking features. She it uses it the way the iPad, to me, was intended all along, where it is one thing at a time and it takes up the mm-hmm. whole screen. But I also think, though, that... Uh, it is kind of weird. Like, like, what do you use for Twitter? Do you do? You, I use the Tweetbot everywhere. Oh, uh, you don't want to know. Okay. Um, when I'm doing stuff for myself, I usually use the Twitter app. Right. When I'm doing stuff for my shows, I use Tweetbot um, on um, on iOS. But it, it the twelve point. I know that's not very fashionable, right. but I, I do I do like some aspects of the regular Twitter app. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I'll I go al- between those. Two. I always use Tweetbot in a in a relatively narrow window, like effectively like a phone. You know, that whether mm-hmm. I'm on a Mac or anywhere else, it's t- Twitter is a thing to me that goes in a long, skinny window. Uh, yeah. Messages, like when I'm messages, doesn't make a ton of sense. I accidentally hit whichever lozenge, green, yellow, red lozenge, makes it fill the screen. Right. And I was aghast. It, it, it's not good for that. It, it's just uh, it, it, it. Yeah, it's not good because you get like there's you just get these crazy long lines of text that are actually yeah. unpleasant. You know, there's 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 a reason why books don't have two hundred lines of characters. 200 characters per line. It's supposed to be kind of skinny so that the paragraphs mm-hmm. wrap to a certain size. Your eye wants it to be about 65 characters. Right. And there's no good way, like when you've got the 12.9 inch iPad in laptop mode, you know, you got it connected to the keyboard. There's no good way to just have your Twitter client be a skinny window. Like you've got to, even to make it skinny, you've got to set up a second app to, you know, that may or may not go with it. I don't know. I find the whole thing very, very convoluted. I feel like Apple has. Over, I, I don't know. It's very hard for me to express it, but I just can't help but think that they've. It's too clever by far. Whereas, oh, I I agree. I, I and again, I <laughs> it's very important this particular week that I make keep all of my friends and say yes. I have no doubt at all that there are people using multiple sets of multiple windows. But you know, the nice thing is also that I feel like there is a. I overuse this phrase. I feel like there's a little bit of a sleeping giant out there because I, I wonder how much people use extensions. Extensions do so much. There are, let's put it, let me put it differently. There are not that many occasions when I need to persistently look at two different apps on an iPad. It certainly happens and it's convenient. But honestly, what I need is a conduit for moving information from one place to another. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that's been there for a couple, three years now that I think is just dynamite is, in your case, you do all your stuff in notes. I do my stuff mostly in drafts or, um, or the increasingly more abundant elements. But what is great is if it's getting around holiday or birthday time, I could be looking at the web and I'm on a page, an Amazon page or a whatever page. And I can hit that little up arrow and send that to the shared note with my wife. Yep. It makes a smart card and it drops that in as this beautiful clickable thing that we can share now. Or I could send it to messages or I could do whatever. John, I know that extensions is there and I could bet you like Street Fight style, I use extensions more than 80% of other users. I still forget that I don't need to copy the URL out of Safari to put it into messages. Right. All I need to do, do you, I mean, like if you want to send, send your wife a YouTube video how do you do it right now on your phone do you use the extension yeah i think i do yeah see i'm trying to wean myself off the copy and paste but like per 25 minutes ago that's a very 1991 thing to do yeah <laughs> the extensions change the game so for me extensions and the swipey at the bottom i love the swipey bottom 
gesture to get between. Well, that's a terrible. What I know exactly phrase. what you mean. I love it. But no. the swipey bottom is is like for me the way that I get around the swipey uppy to move right. between cards or move between apps. I use those two a lot. But but they're for two very specifically different kinds of things. One is I need to move information from one place to another. Try to make yourself remember there's probably an extension for that because it will save you so much time and effort. I'm real good at hitting Insta, Instapaper is my first icon in most of the apps on the left. So mm. I'm always adding stuff to Instapaper that I occasionally read. But that's really easy to do. As far as the moving between apps, that's usually because I want to be doing something different now. Or I want to see something different now. But I don't know. I mean, the the demo value of having those two apps open at the same time is very high. I just have not find, found that many cases where it's worth the effort to make it happen. Yeah. Do you use Command-Tab on the iPad? Uh, heavily yeah but yeah, I, like I don't, right now i'm i've got right now on, i'm talking about using an external keyboard yeah using it like use you know with the ipad it's the the you know yeah. the apple keyboard. I, i've got this thing uh, i've had this for years right now sitting on my desk i have the logitech k760 it's not by any stretch i have many many of these bluetooth keyboards this is the one i just happen to keep at work because it's not as loud as my dos and it's got the dingus where you can hit the different bluetooth keys to move between devices I I I just I feel like people would their minds would be blown if they realize, on the one hand, how much stuff you can do with a keyboard, like a full feature keyboard, not just the Folio one, a full feature keyboard on an iPad in particular, and and as always with these things, then what you end up discovering is you discover how much you more you wish it could do, but it is very very powerful. There are apps like so sometimes open up Drafts, a recent copy of Drafts, and hit the show me show me available keys. What is that? I yeah. don't even know command uh, question mark or whatever. Yeah, it'll bl- he has multiple pages of things <laughs> you can do with the keyboard and drafts. You have to go to pages to see all the stuff you can do. To answer your question, yes, that I use that a lot. By and large, especially with the smaller one, I mostly use it in my hands. Uh, right now, I have the big boy sitting in front of me, and I, it's. Uh, but I don't you think it's weird? I think it's weird that when you're command tabbing in the iPad, that when you have two apps multitasking together side by side in the command tab interface, they're sort of married together. It, it's it, i don't know why it's just <laughs> going to show you how often i do this so i'm going to go recreate what you're talking about right now it's just a weird thing like and it, so if you've got like safari on the left and and like you said notes on the right because you're taking mm-hmm. notes about a thing that you're reading and it's helpful to have them side by side but if you just want to keep safari where it is on the left and then replace the thing on the right with oh uh, if your focal in the right one if your right. uh, cursor is in the right one and you switch you think that should change out i don't know panel. i don't know what they should do i, I it hmm. just seems to me like they should rethink the whole thing and i know that there were rumors of uh, a major ipad interface update for ios 12 that got shelved last year on the grounds of let's just focus on reliability and you know making making the whole system you know let's let's punt punt for a year on these ui changes and just make what we have work better you know and and hats off to apple you know there were oh yes 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 i i love those years i love the s years right. well but you know like i remember like when when ios 12 shipped a month or two ago uh and people you know like uh, a couple of reviewers like put it on an older iphone and indeed mm-hmm. it was faster you know it's like it, it made my daughter a success right um real real speedy yeah so it's and that was great that what they said they were going to do and they did it but it's i i can't help but hope i seriously hope that they have really big ideas for the ipad interface in terms of multitasking and and stuff like that i because I, I just feel like the way things stand right now it's 
I don't know. It just it still seems to me like the the native way to do everything is just you know go to the home screen, tap an icon, have it fill yeah. the screen, go back yeah. to the home screen. You know. Well, and and so let, let me just throw this back at you one more time. Why is that? That's because you probably had some kind of smartphone in the past, but definitely you fell in love with the iPhone, right? And yeah. using the iPhone is how you started. No, I never had a smartphone before the iPhone. I had never a, at all. You always had a like a feature phone. Yeah, like a ten dollar. But, but, but once you, the point being, once you got on an iPhone, you never looked back. And so that's like even to this day, there's still things I need to unlearn based on you know yeah. nine years at that time of using uh, an iPhone. Yeah. It's crazy. Affinity Designer for iPad by ah. Serif is the name of that app, yeah. by the way. Okay. Those guys are amazing, the Affinity people. This thing's crazy. I'll put it in notes. All right. Well, I just typed it in a note, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, undo, undo. Oh, no. Oh, no, it just works. Here, let me take a break here and thank our next sponsor. Yeah. It's our good friends at Squarespace. Look, you need a website. Maybe you have an old website. You want to replace it. Go to Squarespace. And try it there. Just just go there, sign up. You get a free trial, and there's no limits. It's not like you're in like uh, limited mode or something like that. You just go there and start your trial, and you got the full power of Squarespace. You can start with uh, one of their templates. All of their sites professionally designed, regardless of your skill level. No code. If you don't want to see HTML, if you don't know the difference between HTML and CSS, that's fine. It doesn't matter. It's all visual if you want it to be. Uh, very intuitive, easy to use tools. You make your site, you design your site in the browser. It is, you know, you're just in like super mode because you're the Squarespace account owner. So what you're looking at is the website you are building. Uh, could not be more natural. You just build the website visually. You can, you can do everything at Squarespace. You can register the domain name you want. Uh, they have their own analytics package. So once your site is live, you want to see the traffic, you want to see where links are coming in from, all that stuff, they show it to you. There's a great, great uh, analytics dashboard. Just super, super good design. Um, one of the best reasons to use Squarespace, honestly. It's one of the best analytics interfaces I've ever seen. Um, everything you want to do. Design. Uh, updating it. So if you have a blog as part of your site or uh, you want to publish a podcast or something like that, you do it all through Squarespace. Squarespace, in addition to being the design tool, also offers the CMS tools to do things like posts or, or episodes or stuff like that. All of it all goes through Squarespace. You'll save so much time and it's so professional and you get, it's really, really, you know, high, high capacity. Some, you know, if you get linked to from daring fireball, your site's not going to go down. It's super, super fast. Everything is good. And can, can I share? Oh, sorry. I'm, yeah, I apologize. Yeah. Now, I just wanted to share something kind of nerdy that literally only your listeners would be interested in. I just sent you a link in text to uh, a Squarespace site. It's not the prettiest because I haven't updated it lately, but really it's just a ham and eggs way for me to share playlists with people. So when I go and I make a playlist, uh, Spotify or YouTube, uh, when I remember to, I go in and I put it up. But I don't like using HTML. So I just sent you another image that I would like you to look at. So when I want to update my page, uh, I don't even use the WYSIWYG. I write everything in Markdown in NVAlt. I keep that in one running file, and then I copy and paste that, and I just drop it into a big Markdown field, and that's how I update the page. I don't know if everybody knows you can do that, but if you prefer to work in Markdown, it's all right there for you. How cool is that? And that works on Squarespace. Oh yeah, you're seeing this. You're seeing the three octothorps, yeah. and that's that's a heading. Yeah. And like you could just you just do that. I do that locally, 
and you the WYSIWYG is great, but also you could put in you can put in uh, full on regular HTML, but it also that you can have a little markdown area where you drag the markdown dingus over, and you're and you're good to go. However you want to work, they will accommodate that. And it is super solid, and it looks great on every device, which is something I could never do. That's that used to be a whole career, John, having everything look good on every device, like armed armed with uh, six months of Linda classes and a, a clear pixel, you could change the world. Yep. Don't need that anymore. You got Squarespace. <laughs> it's really really great. So you get a free free trial, and uh, they got a code, special code. Go to squarespace.com slash talk show, squarespace.com slash talk show, and remember that code talk show. And you'll get 10% off your first purchase. So if you sign up for a year, you can save 10% off the whole year. But the only the trick is you got to remember that code because you start a free trial. You don't pay right away. You go there. You use this thing for like a month before they'll say, okay, now you have to pay if you want to keep using it. Then just keep that, mm-hmm. keep that in, the, in your back pocket. Talk show. And you'll save 10%. It's a great service. So the next time you need a website, look at this. I've put a link to this thing uh, in the show notes. Look at this cool site Merlin has. Easy to update. No, come on. No, but I, it's, I, but if I, you, it's made me lazy. Right. It's made me lazy, John. When I used to have to do everything by hand in movable type, especially, I was constantly tweaking. And now I'm just like, eh, they'll get it. They're going to look at it on a phone anyway. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to spend tons of time on this. And that's exactly what I want. What I want is a way to dump information onto the web that people can get. And I don't spend the rest of my life wondering why the gray lines don't match up in Firefox. It's like, ah, uh, <laughs> thank you. I'm so glad to be out of that world. Never look back. Never look back, John. Oh, I used to think it was fun. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was at the time. Man, you know, mobile type was so great. Every every website was a, a, a house of cards. Where oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, and every design you would finally you'd be like, but but in button IE the the box doesn't the two lines don't meet in the corner and then you'd fix it and then you'd go back and it was suddenly broken everywhere else. You forgot to manually assign a font face to every cell in the table. Like what? <laughs> That's how we used to live. Miserable. <laughs> table layouts. Oh my God. Well, you get every, well, you remember every TD, the time was, if you wanted to look good on Netscape, every TD, if you wanted to use style sheets, like some kind of nut from the future, you had to have font face equals in yeah. every one of those in order for it to render correctly. <laughs> nice, nice lean code. <laughs> it was funny though because with table layouts, they did they they were more likely to look the same everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like when we switched, Man, CNET changed the game. <laughs> right. CNET changed everything. Like, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. How'd you make just the left side of the page yellow? Mm-hmm. How did you do that? <laughs> oh. You solved my yellow background riddle. <sighs> All right, so you bought the whole kit with this iPad. You got you got yeah. your, you got your yeah. iPad. Yeah. How many uh, yeah. gigabytes did you buy? I went with uh, shame on Apple for these levels. I went with five twelve because you wanted. <laughs> well, what do you yeah, think? Because I want hundred movies on there. Right, it is a lot. <laughs> every time, John. Every time I say now, this is going to be the one I keep in use for five years. Every time I tell myself, you got to treat yourself right. Like you got to, you got to get the good one right. I bought the. Uh, what's the maximum for the iPhone five twelve? I think the max for iPhone is five twelve, and I bought I that because I've always I bought. I think I did too. But I seriously started doing the math on how much like four K video I would need to shoot before it even came close, and it it, right. it really is sort of a, a waste of money. I really, it's like I forget how much storage I'm using, especially with the the iCloud uh, photos thing where. Once, if you're, you know, and I'm right. all in on the iCloud photos, so I don't need my whole mm-hmm. photo library local on the phone. It won't, Correct. It, yeah. you know, I don't even want right. it. So I, 
I really don't know why I bought the big iPhone. I'm still, I'm still running into friends, and I mean, I get this in my own damn family, where I'm supposed to be the CTO and taking care of everything, and I'm like, I'll just be like, honey, you, you haven't up, you haven't updated your OS or plugged in your iPad in like weeks. Like right. it's everything's you're you're signed out of everything. Like what is happening? Right. But then you go and you get all signed in and everything, and like I still run into this. Not so much in our household, but and I will still encounter people. Uh, I haven't seen this one in a while, but you remember it was even fairly recently that people wouldn't be able to update their OS because they were out of room. Yes, yes, yes. That was that couldn't have been more than two or three years ago. Yeah, it was a big the, problem. The ultimate. It was a big problem when they were selling 16 gigabyte devices because that's right. Because yeah. a significant portion of your 16 gigabytes was the OS. You know, the OS mm-hmm. was five six gigabytes, so you really you didn't have much. Whereas if you buy even at 64. Even if, you know, which is now mm-hmm. like the small size, the fact that the OS takes up four gigabytes, it's most of that 64 is still your space. It's, it just right. wasn't the case with 16. And yeah, that that's a weird problem to be in. <laughs> you don't have enough room. You have to delete. That's so, it's so <laughs> yeah. but they have it from like what, five different angles, right. probably you at least three de- different angles. They've, they've addressed that with the <laughs> offloading. Um, you, you either need to delete photos of your daughter or, <laughs> yeah, or. <laughs> How much do I want? How much do I want to not get hacked? Or you, <laughs> I'm going to need a minute. Right. <laughs> Those uh, videos add up, though, buddy. Woo! Are you? What do you? When you shoot video, uh, just out of curiosity, when you shoot video on your, you're on a tennis. Yep. Uh, what do you? So, you know, I I had been on. I'm not sure why I was on Peter Jackson settings. I used to be on. I think I was on 1080 at 60. But then I heard the HDR only works yeah. on 30 or yeah. So I switched lower. back. Yeah, right. That that HDR is pretty bananas. Combining the first shot, the thing I shot like that, I did the auto HDR, and I think it was the first thing I shot on a phone that was shooting in stereo as well. Yeah, and I was. Uh, I'm not gonna say I like fell over, but I was like, "Wow, that the two of those things together was surprisingly real, surprisingly realistic." Yeah, the the HDR, the auto HDR for I mean, I was shooting straight at the sun, mm. so like in San Francisco, you get a lot of fog and some sun, and like it, you know, it looked a little little tricky and gamey, but it worked, and it sounded just the sound of me like walking down the street sounded amazing. I've I've been shooting uh, 4K 24 frames per second. Hmm. I okay, wish I'm gonna upgrade. I wish that it was easier to switch though. Um like I kind of I get it because, you know I, I I do think that Apple's camera UI team is one of the best teams they have. The Verge even had a story recently about how it's like the the camera app UI design from iOS 7 going forward like when they went to the new mm-hmm. style is like the most influential UI design of the last 10 years because everybody copies it. And, you know, part of it is the shamelessness with, with which some of these Chinese companies will just copy anything. Um, <laughs> that little pop-up with the fake AirPods yeah, the, uh, was hilarious. The, the, what are they called? Uh, uh, Q-Pods? Or... They were like ear earbud, <laughs> airpo, earpods or something like fly that. Flypods. 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 Yeah. Uh, but part of it is that it's such a good design, and once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Uh, and I get it. Mm-hmm. And my God, it, is there an app that that on the on the entire phone that more people 
it use than the camera app. I mean, even with like, I guess messages, maybe, I mean, everybody uses messages, but there's some parts of the world where yeah. people, because they don't use text or iMessage, there's some parts of the world where even iPhone users are using. What if, I, if I had to name this today, uh, you know, 10 years, 11 years on, I would, I would call this, I would say this is a camera that happens to have a phone. Right. On it. It's absolutely true. But, and most people use the, the system camera app and even like an expert, you know, like there's like the halide, if you know what halide is. Halide is crazy. Light is worth spending some time with. Oh, I know you're. I know you're a stock camera guy, but if you have some time and you know you're going to be able to get everything the way you want, Halide is crazy. I love it. The it's, control you get in Halide is nuts. But it, it, even if you use Halide for all of your photos, Halide only does photos. It doesn't do video, so you're still going right. to the system yeah. app to shoot video. I get it that they, you know, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to keep it as usable as possible for, you know those 800 million people who aren't camera nerds yet still give have some features in there that are as powerful as possible. So I get it why you can't switch the video format in the camera app, you know, that you've got to go to settings and then camera yeah. and then shoot video. Right. As. It's, it's not the worst thing in the world, but when you're right there in the camera, ready to shoot something. And like, for example, I was, I shot a little bit of video. I don't even know why, but I've shot a little bit of video um, inside the, the, the theater at last week's event while we were waiting, you know, everybody had taken their seats mm -hmm. um, and it was very dark. It's a theater, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. uh, but it's 20 at, at 4k. It was, it was actually so little light that it wasn't exposing the video. Right. You know, so I wanted to switch to 1080, which would, would let, you know, the, the video was, it was, it was usable. And you, got, you got to do that in settings. Yeah. And it just, yeah. Right there in the moment, it just felt like, ah, oh, what a pain in the ass. Switch to settings, poke around. You got to scroll down to get to camera. You know, it's it, it, that's a, that, that, that's true. But that you, so you're thinking maybe they don't want to. They, they could do some kind of a little left right carousel well, right, like, or open slider or thing. Like, well, like when you're shooting twenty four K twenty four frames per second, that there is mm -hmm. a little thing in the camera app that says, hey, four K twenty four frames per second, so that you know what what <laughs> mode you're in. I kind of wish I could just tap on that and then have it. Get a pop up, or yeah. Something. Get a pop up. I but get why they, they don't, but it, it, you know, and I'm sure the overwhelming majority of people have no idea that you can change from the default. You know, they just shoot video, oh, absolutely. and it's you the, know. Set, the settings. Boy, the settings. My, I have one thing to say about settings. I have lots of things to say about settings. My one piece of advice about settings is uh, start scrolling up to down to get the the search field. You're going to make your life so much better. Like, use the search field. Don't click. There's so much stuff in settings, and it's so bananas. Every time I want to back up, I can't remember, you know, do I have to go to my – what area do I go to for that? No. Just to make sure it's backed up like I did last night, just go flip from – you know you know what I'm talking about? How would you yeah. describe that? You're in settings, and there's the sections of settings on the left. Just drag down a little bit, and you'll get a search. I know you know this. All of you very smart doobies know this, but you'd be amazed how many people don't know you can search for any area in settings rather than having to remember and click. I wonder if this, if that's the sort of thing, I wonder if that's something you can do in shortcuts. I just suddenly dawned on me. Like I, I, I'll bet. I have you been, in, have you been into the shortcuts thing? I, I definitely wanted to talk to you about this. I'm very, yeah. I got one more thing to say about cameras too, but right. the, I, I love the idea of shortcuts and I'm glad my friends are excited about it. It's, um, it's, it's a little cute. Uh, and there are some things that are very cool. Uh, I've seen people do, if you see most of the Matthew Kesselini, you see people do the most amazing stuff with it. And I go, that's cool. But like all of mine are real like monkey stuff. Like show me this particular perspective in OmniFocus. Um, you know, real, real basic stuff that 
my 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 short take on on my short take on shortcuts is it's neat. I'm glad it exists. If anything, I think it will remind people what they could already be doing with Siri that they didn't know about. You can already do a ton of this stuff mm. with Siri. You don't need to make a shortcut for a lot of this. I I, I mean here how, let's, let's put it this way: How many people know that if you use the app Deliveries by June Cloud, you can say, "Hey Dingus, open Deliveries." I don't okay. think people now, know that. I think people don't know that. <laughs> people who have a watch may remember that, but like really get good with that stuff before you worry about saying like, you know, you know, remember to flip, flip the dog at 7.25 p.m. if this condition is met. Like, I'm glad people are going to realize because of that, but I'm very happy to use other people's for some stuff. But, oh, how do I say this? Until Siri gets so much better, it's, there's no point. I mean, there's so much. I still can't add a thing to OmniFocus from my watch. The HomePod is just, it sounds good. But, like, I'm not going to invest a ton more in automation with my voice right. on this platform when Alexa, Alexa, stop. When the Amazon, <laughs> Dingus. When the Amazon ecosystem is so much more capable and getting better every Friday afternoon. <laughs> I'm going to spend so much more time with that. Uh well, that's a separate discussion, but I will okay, say last this. thing about camera. Look, I see the last thing about camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you go ahead and say what you're going to say. All I want to say about camera is like, wow, it's just so amazing to look at stuff we shot in 2007, 2008. My gosh, it's gotten better. But the thing I keep saying to my co-hosts on Dubai Friday, like we all bought the new phones. The thing I just keep saying, I, I keep sending them photos and marveling and saying they, I don't know what combination of the hardware the lenses, the software, that's certainly a huge part of it. It's got to be software. But I don't, this sounds so dumb, but you really got to see it. You know, even in fairly weird conditions, it gets a shot you're going to love. Yeah. And so, with a camera on your phone and your kid's doing something funny, you're going to be shocked how often it not only gets it, but it gets it real good. And you know what? It's not going to be the greatest photo ever taken that you're just grabbing your phone, you're hitting the button, do a long press and hit it. But you know what? Uh, my daughter had a six-girl sleepover for her birthday. We went to the park to watch uh, Coco. They were showing Coco in the park. And it was real foggy out. Typical, like, October night in San Francisco. And I got the coolest, moody shots by sitting mostly, trying to be kind of still. But it got it. It got the shot. It got the HDR. You can see the pink yeah. of the jacket and the gold and the, and the white. And, the, and, and there's still a little bit of frizz in the details on the leaves, but you can see it. And if you zoom in, yes, you're going to see there's some noise. What am I trying to say? They have nailed the camera in your pocket thing yeah. so hard. And whatever trade-offs they made to, like, the, the world's greatest quality, if you meet these conditions, they have made the snapshot camera of my dreams. Yeah. Uh, I, think that, I, I think that they feel that responsibility, too. That they know that however much that that there are professionals every, every every second every millisecond it takes for that thing to flip on you're right. losing you're losing memories right and they they realize that most people uh, I, I, there's quibbles that somebody who really even at our level of being amateurs that we can explain how the smart HDR can sometimes create unnatural looking results it, it as mm -hmm. much you know but that it's still if you're shooting directly into the sun if you're doing that the the unnaturalness of the results in with this smart HDR is still better than having it all blown out and having an unusable 
unusable image, right? It's still they're oh, doing the right thing. Just, people who don't know to just keep the light behind you. Right. you know, keep the light behind you and you'll generally right. have better results. I feel so bad when you be walking around and somebody says, oh, can you take a picture of us? I'm like, of course, I'd love to take a picture of you. And I've instantly, even with my tiny bit of skills, I'm like, well, I'll tell you what, right now it looks like that light post is coming out of your head. Yeah. It'd be kind of nice if the bridge was centered behind you. Friend. And I'm like art directing it because I know the shot they want me to take of them standing in front of the theater marquee with the sun pointing at the right. camera is going to make everybody look terrible. You're not going to have anything usable in that image. But friend of the show, Craig Hockenberry, was telling a story a couple when this feature first came out. He's in a, he lives out in California, Southern California. He's an avid swimmer. And he swims, mm-hmm. I think he swims almost either every day or almost every day in the ocean, in the ocean. And it's you know, beautiful Southern California. So guess what? It's sunny every day. Yeah. It, it started as a conversation about the watch, but we were talking about the smart HDR and he just said that, you know, for years he would go swimming and either like, as he's going in the water or coming out, he'd see, you know, some family or some tourist, somebody's there at the beach shooting a picture right into the sun. And every <laughs> single time he wants to, he, you know, and he's a very nice guy and he, you know. But I, you can't get it from his Twitter, but he's, he's, he's very kind, but what, he's what you, quiet and kind and he wants to help. But what are you going to do? You can't really, <laughs> right. you know, you, you can't say, Hey, excuse me. I'm a random six foot 10 <laughs> California swimmer. <laughs> yeah. A, Can, a German on the beach is not going to accept that. Well. May I suggest that you flip this image around <laughs> and you stand over here and you stand over, they're, they're just going to think you're weird. Even though yes. what he's telling you is you'd get a better image. So and it will change the rest of your life right. as a photographer, just learning that one dumb thing. Right. And you know, but now that the cameras work better that way, it's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was my thing. But anyway, it's the shortcuts thing. I, oh yeah, you know me. I'm an Apple Script nerd, and I've got the sure. keyboard maestro, and it's it's big. That that was sort of little fiddly things that I've done for myself over the years, and and carry around from machine to machine are a big part of the whole reason that I feel, you know, my whole, I using an iPad feels like I'm typing with mittens. You know, yeah. a big part of that is that I've got all these little things on the Mac. And I you make a lot of stuff into services, like I mean, yes. don't you? I oh, feel tons like you, of services. Yeah, when you go to that website where you turn a, uh, like a Perl script or whatever into a service, like yeah. you're responsible for a lot of the serviceable things there. Can I tell you? Here's a cool shortcut I made. So it, it, it you know, I've got so many of those little services that do things with text um, that I you you if you want them to have a keyboard shortcut, if you want to invoke them with a keyboard, it, you you wind up. I mean, I know that you, <laughs> this is a problem you've had, Marlon. Is oh when, boy, when you start assigning your own custom keyboard shortcuts to things, you eventually run into you run out of keyboard shortcuts to use, and and you start mm-hmm. ri- risking a conflict with the built-in. <laughs> You're going to start using your pinky a lot more, right? When, <laughs> for and, your for your Emacs like chords, that right? You do and when you use when you use an app like. BB edit or drafts, you know, a, a, an app that is targeted toward enthusiasts. They have, mm-hmm. guess what? They have a lot of built-in keyboard shortcuts already. But anyway, mm-hmm. so this trick that I figured out for myself is, um, you know how, like when you're, when you open a menu like on the Mac, you, so you open the file menu, you, if you start typing something, like you open the file menu, if you type N, it'll highlight the first item in the menu that has, starts with an N. So here mm-hmm. in notes, you type, uh, N and it, highlights new note and then you can select that with the return key you can navigate the menu with the keyboard so what i did talking about just like getting to the help menu like command shift question mark well or anything so i've that's that's another one just command shift question mark and start typing it'll find anything yes in a menu that's what you're typing that is fast that's a cool but what i did is i made a keyboard maestro shortcut that opens the services menu from any app Ooh, and 
then with that services menu open, it just leaves it open. So it just opens the services menu. It just goes to, I think, I think the way the keyboard shortcut works is, I forget how I made it. I, 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 I could tell you, but how, how do you get the services from, from any app with one thing? I forget how I did it, but keyboard Meister has a way. But then once that menu is open, I can mm-hmm. just type the name of any of my services oh. and it'll start oh, to yeah, highlight. Right. Uh, so I have one, I have a script I wrote called tweet deets. I, I was cute, but all it is, yeah. is it expects as input a, a, a URL pointing to a particular tweet. So it, it's a URL that's like twitter.com slash whatever the guy's name is slash here's the big long number of the tweet ID. That's the mm-hmm. input. And then what, this, what the service does is it turns it into like a little markdown link with their real name, with the brackets around their name, with the URL in the parentheses after the brackets and a colon. And then it quotes the whole tweet itself and puts it in a little, you know, with the Oh, block quote. Okay. Yeah. I use this all. Little, the, yeah, I use than. this all the time, but I didn't want to assign a you know a custom shortcut. So all I do is I just have I, what I made is Shift Command X, and that opens uh, the services menu for me from any app. Uh, it's X because X is the coolest letter of the alphabet, and it's mm-hmm. easy, easily typed with one hand. Uh, and then I do that, and I don't have to memorize all these different shortcuts anymore. I just know the script is called TweetDeets. I type TW. It's highlighted. I hit return, and it runs. That's so great. Anyway. I got, I've got Chrome extensions that do stuff like that. I've got – there's several – believe me, I, don't, I imagine you're not a Chrome user. There are several Chrome extensions that specialize in doing cool stuff with Markdown, like what you just described with, with, a, with a keyboard click. I've heard that. <laughs> I am not – I am not – I am not a Chrome user. Chrome is so weird. There's so much stuff that I don't understand. Like Chrome, why, Chrome, Chrome, Chrome. Like Chrome, why don't you have standard UI elements where like I could do stuff like <laughs> it makes me ups and downs? It's so weird. And why is it well, Chrome the only app where I hit Option Command H and it doesn't hide the other apps? Why is that? I don't know. Why is there so much that's weird in Chrome? And what is happening? What is happening with these tabs now? The tabs, the tabs you know, now, you the X back, on the tab. Do you know that you can go back flags. to the old UI? There's... Well, Syracuse says they might have changed it permanently. Hmm. I, I usually would go to flags, but have you seen this latest where they've got the X looks like us? Syracuse and I were just talking about this on a soon-to-be-released Rectives. But, like, the X to close it looks like something Jason Kotke designed as a mini font in 2000. And then the thing next to it to launch a new tab looks like the cross of St. John, like yeah. a flag. See, I can't and it hasn't been fully knocked out. Like it doesn't, the transparency is not right. Send me it's a, so ugly. Send me a screenshot because I've got my Chrome set running the old Chrome UI. So I, and, and then if you're not in the app, right, if you're outside the app, but you can still see it, the tab that you were in is now red. Wait, the, what the, the hell the is going on here? I'm trying to quit. Chrome and it and when I do Command Q instead of quitting, it shows me a thing that says Hold Command Q to quit. Oh, are you sure you want to quit? Are you really sure? Oh, you see, you have to press and hold Command. See that that's that should be illegal. You, that is not how a Macintosh program works. Yeah, that's cheating. Okay, so here you go. Have a look at this. That is what my three open tabs look like when I'm outside of. So like right, let's yeah, say right now right, I see it. I see it. Uh, that's Isn't that pretty. Isn't that pretty? Oh, you can almost tell that there's tabs there. Again, we're back to the CCCEEE problem. What the hell is this? <laughs> it's garbage. When did they switch to this? 
Look, you like that red tab? Isn't that pretty? Why is it red? You like the cross of St. John right next to there in a completely different design language? And it's like above the baseline. Like it's, it's above. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you can almost tell if you look real carefully, the Feed Wrangler one, that's, that's, that's more of the EEE. And then DoorDash is more of the, like, that's more FFF, I guess. But in this case, the, the, the tab that is nominally focal, if you were in the app, is gray <laughs> instead of white. It's really bizarre. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, is this, uh, is here's what material is that what this is material? I, I guess so. I got to switch mine back. Anyway, here's where I wanted to go. <laughs> the whole shortcut thing. I oh, think yeah. I think I have been old manning the shortcuts app in iOS 12, meaning it's it seems a little bit fiddly to me. It seems a little ridiculous that you're doing quote unquote programming. But instead of just typing, if this, then that you've got like these, you know, things you drag out and it's, you know, graphical instead of, you know, text. And it, it therefore makes it a little bit harder to just copy and paste and share it with somebody else. You've got to share it. And I think I've been like eh, kind of rolling my eyes at it, uh, Mm-hmm. But now the more good for you, good for you for catching that. The more that I'm talking to people about it, though, I think I'm totally underselling it. And so uh, after that event last week, uh, and uh, uh, when I told you, I ran into Austin Mann, the photographer, and he was like, well, let's go get a cup of coffee. And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. So we went and got a cup of coffee. Uh, we, I, you know what? It wasn't even coffee. It was beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fine. Now that I think about it, but it was it was a cool place in Brooklyn that looked like a coffee shop, but they also sold draft beer. Uh, and he was showing me some of these shortcuts he's made. So he's he said, "I'm on airplanes a lot." He's you know because not only does he fly frequently, when he does fly, he's flying around the globe, and so there he's got a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> where he doesn't have internet, uh, and he's really gotten into the the shortcuts and he's built a bunch for himself and they do some really amazing things. So he can just say to his phone, Hey dingus, uh, I forget what he calls it, but it's like, uh, put me into shooting mode. And then in other words, this is like, he, he's going to use his phone camera to shoot and it does things like turns on, do not disturb, uh, sets his colors the way, you know, the brightness to where he wants it. Right. But yeah. the thing Casey is, List does a similar yeah. thing, like for nighttime shutdown. Yeah. yeah. I love that idea of yeah. like, yeah, that, that's a smart use. It's yeah. super smart. And it's, it does more things than I <laughs> thought would have been available through the shortcuts. And then he just has the habit now of every time he starts shooting to do that. Because like one of the weird things about the, the iPhone, and I, I really, really hope that Apple makes this an option next year because i think it's overdue is i think they have to start treating stop treating an incoming phone call as this <laughs> magical you need to stop everything you're doing i we're, totally agree we're taking over your inter- Se- second i mean second only the, the the only second for me there is like uh, uh, video in an ad or on twitter or something hijacking your sound and losing your place in overcast right. Oh yeah, that's yeah, you're right. But that's the there is no event that destroys everything like a phone call. No, so if you could be shooting something and you could it could be you know you're getting this great video footage and all of a sudden a phone call comes in and it's it's wrecked. (laughs) Oh my god, I hadn't thought of that. That's horrible. So you put on. So what you want to do is you want to have do not disturb turned on, and you want to go into your settings app and change do not disturb to um, to always be on, even if you're using the phone, because by default. 
do not disturb. Yeah, like, don't ring. Don't do, do any well, of the stuff. By default, do not disturb only doesn't disturb if the phone is locked and off. Yeah. And right, if exactly. you're unlocked yeah. and actually using it, it assumes, oh, well, you don't mind if you get notifications now because you're using the phone. Well, even right. stuff like getting getting messages pop ups. Like if I'm trying to watch TV, right. like sometimes I'll flip on the iPad and just walk around with headphones listening to MSNBC because I'm broken inside. And any kind of a pop up for like a, like a notification pauses yeah. Hulu. So I so you're saying anything that could yeah. kibosh my video make that stop? Yeah. So he's and he's also got one he made called uh, uh, share my contact and it just he just says to his phone share my contact and then it pops open his contact card with AirDrop and then anybody who's wow. nearby. And I was like, wow, this is actually almost as easy to share contact information now as the Newton was back in <laughs> 1994. You don't even have to bump. <laughs> um, do you remember that? You could just point two Newtons at each other and they would, you could like exchange business cards. It oh, was magic. It was an amazing magic. feature that we still haven't replicated <laughs> 25 years later. Remember how big IR used to be? There's so much stuff you use IR for. Yeah, everything it's was weird. IR. And it was so pretty weird. reliable. Anyway. Well, yeah, you could beam your contacts. Right? Anyway, I got it. I'm... I'm I'm committing myself now to becoming a bit more of a shortcut nerd. I, I, I think I've undersold it. I think. Oh, you... I, I I feel I feel bad that now that I might have done the same thing. I didn't mean. I just it was more of a not for me right now right. thing. Not least because uh, I used to be Merlin man, and I if I could spend all freaking day with shortcuts trying to make a thing happen, and it's like no, I've reached a point in life where like I'm happy to let other people do that for me. I I there's a million things I want to remain curious about and a whole whole bunch of stuff I'm happy being incurious about. Learning how to do computer programming in a UI on my phone is something I'm okay to leave to the youngs. Um but I I I do agree with you. I do, I do absolutely agree with you. I do still think it's weird comma with that said, I do still think it's kind of weird that you like watch the whole thing run. It feels <laughs> gross. It feels it feels I don't know. It just feels like you're playing um, that that board game mousetrap. Yeah. <laughs> feels like you're dropping the marble down and watch it's like an okay go video you're watching it spin around (laughs) yeah but it's no the presence of it is amazing and i think decoupling it from the idea of using your voice because right now when we think of siri what does siri mean as we've said before siri means like at least three four different things and getting to the point of this being a piece of automation bespoke automation that you can invoke various ways that will that will become very powerful. And like I say, people like that Matthew fellow, he's doing some, he used to be at workflow, right? Mm-hmm. And he's on his own now. He's amazing. He, he does just his, you see his uh, screens and screens and screens of these. I think he's got like 200 of them on his phone. It is magic. Yeah. But that's, see, that's a weird thing though. That's where you start, it starts getting weird because you can't make like folders in that app. So if you have like 200 uh, shortcuts there, it's just like one list. Of absolutely. 200. Okay. Let's still, you want to do this? You want to talk about this? You want to still talk about what we're using or are you, you're mostly just publicly putting a line in the sand? I'm just publicly putting a line in the sand that I'm going to. What do I use this for? Honestly, I added a bunch. It was so funny. It was like uh, Pat and Oswald's politically incorrect joke about TiVo back in the day, where when you, when this first became available on the phone, it was like, you just typed, do you want soup for dinner to your wife? Do you want to do that again? It's like, no, no, Siri, I don't want to do that again. I did it that one time. I don't, I don't need to do that again. Like, why do you keep suggesting that I just type a thing I just type? It's like when Amazon says, hey, you know, you bought orange shoe trees. You want to buy more orange shoe trees? And you're like, no, no, buddy. I already got the thing I need. What have I got? I've got, oh. Uh, I have started using E24. Uh, no, have, I, I should correct myself. I have not tried this yet, but they've added s- shortcuts to E24, like Grubhub, so you can like order your your go to meal with mm-hmm. your voice now. Mm. I got. Um, I definitely got uh, looking at OmniFocus um, perspectives. 
Some are real dumb. Find my AirPods. Very happy to have that. Uh, play Overcast. Uh, kill the lights. <clears throat> um, <laughs> find Ellie's phone. <laughs> That's a good one. If you <laughs> it's do, a real good one. Right. If it's yeah. you know, if it's something you do a lot. No, I'm, so you're into it. You're using it. It's. It, oh no no! I've definitely done it. No, no, here's what I haven't done. So what I've done is that I've I've taken their serving suggestions and go. Yeah, I could see that being useful. Like you go into Overcast and he's got a whole codex in there of all the different things that you can do with it. I've got to play Dubai Friday. I've got to yep. play XNL Tech Podcast. Um, I've got all of those. But like it, the, the mainly, you know, sometimes I just feel like a dingling and go like, I forget. And I'm good at this, John. I'm good at this. Not like other people say. I'm good at this. And I know what I can do with Siri and I still don't always do it. Yep. So like main, like I say, mainly it's reminded me that I can say things like open deliveries or what time do the Warriors play tonight or whatever. I can just do that stuff. And, you know, hopefully Siri will continue to improve to to where you aren't frustrated by what you just asked. Yeah. Before we move on, uh, yeah. uh, what do you think about this new keyboard cover for the iPad? Well, I spent a grand total of about one hour with it, and it's fine for somebody. Yeah. It's it's What did I say to you last night? Uh, it was like... It's like typing on a pizza box with children's candy for keys. Because <laughs> it's like... Smarties. Yeah, Smarties. Yeah, yeah. It says like you're typing on Smarties on a pizza box. It's fine if you need it, but like there are way better solutions. Yeah. Also, when you fold it back, your hands are touching keys. Yeah. It's weird. The new it's design. Weird. Right. So the new design, the old design had like a weird asymmetrical hump because there was a yeah. piece that folded over the keys, but that at right. least was there so that when you folded it, just opened it like a book and you, you don't want to, you just want to use your iPad as an iPad while you folded the keyboard cover around to the back. And now instead of having the cover, the, the, the weird asymmetrical bump, now it's just exposed keys and that's mm-hmm. kind of gross. It's weird. It, it, it shuts off the, like my first concern was, Oh my God. So you mean it's making key clicks and it's like no 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 they're smart about that right. this thing has like i think it's about 750 magnets on it right and a whole bunch of tungsten <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's got so many fucking magnets but it uh but no but when you flip it around you are merely just holding a keyboard it's not causing the keyboard to right. happen right but uh, there are so many i don't know i don't know it's weird like you know our old friend leslie harpold used to say i hate buying toys for my toys mm. You know, um, that that's, there is a concerning thing where you feel like you're getting a lot of stuff in order to get any value out of the yeah. thing that you have. Yeah. I have no doubt in my mind that that's going to work fine for somebody yeah. who travels a few times a month, take it on a plane. But, you know, you're really, you're always not that far from being to the point where you're like, why don't you just bring your MacBook? Yeah. I, uh, it's, and I just, and I can't get over the fact that when you put an iPad into laptop mode, it is so top heavy because you've got the whole computer and a glass touchscreen sticking yes. up and you've got like the super lightweight keyboard. Yeah. Uh, which is really, I mean, it's, it's more, so we'll get some, some kudos. The way that it magnetically with its 750 magnets magnetically snaps into yeah. one of the two grooves. I was uh, slightly shocked last night when I went to fold it back up and I went, hmm? and I got this resistance. I was like, Oh, you, you got this. You're not going to just slip out of there. Like you used to that, that, that was great. The experience of typing on this is garbage. It's $200. It has no media keys <laughs> and it is not fun to type on. It feels like you're typing on the side of a tent. Like it's just, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> it, it, well, I, I, I don't know. You tell me you, how much time have you spent with it? I'm mm-hmm. guessing not a lot. Well, I did, I did write the first, 
half of my iPad review using it. And, and at one point, it just got late in the night. And I was like, to hell with this. I'm, I'm going to finish this on my on this MacBook sure. Air, which I was also trying to spend time with to write a review the next day. Oh, no. Um, the call's coming from inside the review products. Yeah. But now I, <laughs> I, I think it's better. I, you know, and I see that a lot of people like it, but it is yes. $200 is a lot. Like, it's a lot of money for what you're getting there. When, a lot of money. I like it. And I think that Apple did the right thing here by making the, the sort of keyboard piece a, a solid, non-foldable thing. You know, that there are no more... You know, there's no more origami involved to getting it set up. You just sort of yes. open it and it slots into one of two positions and you're done. And it really is and more. If it's, the, if it's the only case you ever use, let's be honest. Like, so like me, I tend to like just the folio or, or no case at all when I'm just sitting around the house. If it's the only case you ever use, it probably won't bother you because yeah. you're used to the thickness, the weight, the keys, right? Yeah. Like if you were like most normal people spend $200 on something you intend to use for three years every day, I think you'll definitely get used to it. Yeah. If that's what you've decided to do. Yeah, totally. I, it's just hard for me to go back and forth between a MacBook and this because there's so many differences and yes you know the truth is i prefer the macbook for the for that sort of you know when we Can use I the word laptop that? i mean and just literally the, i was about to describe right. the setup that i use which will make everybody's eyes roll so hard into the like why don't you just use your perfectly serviceable 2015 macbook pro territory well what's your scenario I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, I, well, I'm just saying we use the word laptop to mean, you know, I try to use the word notebook computer rather than laptop. Oh, interesting, because laptop does imply an all-in-one yeah, uh, but, setup. But, yeah. but it is true. Well, well, and that you, I don't like the way that it literally implies a certain use case of having the computer on your lap. You know, mm -hmm. so in general, I try to avoid it. But yeah, I mean, but just we as do. a mental model, you get you get right. stuck to some paradigmatic idea of where that came right. from. In the same way, you say iPhone. Right. But right? the truth is, we do sometimes use our notebooks on our laps. You know, like when I'm on an airplane, I don't. I, I prefer to have it on my lap than to have it on the tray. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I. That thing's on, filthy. You know how filthy that thing is. Uh, the train. Uh, when I take the train to New York, which I've done a lot oh. recently because there's been a lot of Apple stuff in New York. Uh, some of the seats on the train, you can get like a little table and that's nice. And then there's others where you're, it's more like a traditional, just a train seat. Uh, I put the, I put my computer on my lap and I'm actually using it as a quote mm -hmm. laptop. And I think that this new iPad keyboard, the smart keyboard folio, it is definitely better for the literal use case of using it on yes. your lap. I think it's, I agree. and that's great. Uh, but boy, it's, it, it is kind of weird. I, I stole this setup directly from Jason Snell and boy, is it farcical. But for when I'm in the house and like, there is a use case for me that is, I don't know, kind of weird, which is like, I like to stand. I don't have a standing desk. My current standing desk is using my daughter's, uh, disused Ikea play kitchen. I have an Ikea play kitchen. I stand at and it's the perfect size for a standing desk. Are you and serious? I out the window. Yes, I'm serious. My wife hates it. She hates it so much. She keeps saying, you think you'd like to get a real standing desk? And I'm like, I kind of like the Ikea kitchen. It's, it's real. It's <laughs> but other times I do like to stand. I like to either, I'm not a big sitter. I like to either stand or lay down. That's much how I roll. If I'm standing in the, if I'm standing in the kitchen, listening to NPR, making dinner, I, need to lay down. I, like to have my, I like to have my iPad and my keyboard at a level that is sensible to me. Uh, if you're ready for the privileged white guy hour, I have done this with two iPads and it is extremely powerful. Here's what I do. Um, mainly when I'm doing the normal one iPad setup, 
I have something. Let me read you the SEO uh, optimized uh, title for this on Amazon. Viazin <clears throat> uh, iPad Pro Stand Tablet Stands 360 Rotatable Aluminum Alloy Desktop. It's, it's called V-I-O-Z-O-N. And it's a very pretty uh, Apple-esque looking stand. So just V-I-O-Z-O-N iPad. Try that on mm-hmm. Amazon. Or, or I could send you the link. Yeah, just send me the link. Um, yeah. So and so the there has a what do you call it, a clasp an arm? It's got a, a spring loaded dingus that you open up to put your iPad in there. Any angle for viewing that you want, portrait landscape, full full swivel any way you want. And I pair that with the Modius Laptop Pro keyboard for Mac version five. Hmm. I, I got the same one. It's the Snell keyboard. It's the one that's Snell keyboard. Snell told it's, me. now and forever. No, and it's not. It's not a DOS. It's not a full Modius. But like once you started using this thing around the house and you get those media keys, don't you think? Like the media keys, it sounds so dumb, but they really are great. Yeah. Uh, this is this is my if I need to type on the iPad as a device, this is an incredibly there's a slight latency on the Bluetooth. The weirdest thing I get out of the latency on the Bluetooth is once you start using your iPad with a keyboard, let me tell you the world's greatest move is gonna change your game. Command spacebar. You now are about three clicks away from any app on your iPad yeah. by using Spotlight. It is ridiculously powerful. My biggest problem there is it will start the Spotlight search. There's a slight latency where I miss the first or second letter that I've typed. Do you ever get that? Mm, I've never noticed that. Not too bad. But that's a, that's a hell of a setup. And I, that, for me, that works. I, there's not a lot of times, by the nature of the iPad, there's not a lot of times when I want to be typing on a keyboard while I'm sitting somewhere. But isn't that... So part of the weird... The the way that I struggle to talk about the, the iPad as a power user is the weird yeah. way that I... We just spent a huge segment of the show talking about how uh, finicky it is to, you know to do multitasking stuff on an iPad. But in another way, it really feels, when you have a keyboard connected to it and it's set up, it really feels like you can just fly around and that command space to do it. So you're yeah. not you're not worried about poking on the screen. You're not worried about which apps right. are in your dock or which, you know, oh, I want to get to this app, but it's not even on the first home screen. I've no, got it's, a- it's almost like introducing Quicksilver to right. to a device where right. suddenly your keyboard just, every, you, 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 you switch your yeah. POV about how this thing works and it just flies. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the, the app deliveries a while ago, which is a fantastic yeah. little app. It's, it's, uh, I don't know what it costs. It's a couple of bucks, but, and it's been around since it started life as a dashboard <laughs> widget. Remember that? Sure did. And, sure did. And yeah. now it's a real app for iOS and for Mac. And mm-hmm. you just, no matter who's shipping you something, whether it's like uh, FedEx or UPS or the postal service, if you've got a tracking number, you copy Amazon, it. Amazon, for that matter. Yep. You, you, if you type in your Amazon and you're logged in with your email, you get the full details. Yep. Or you can even just type in a link yeah. to it and, and it'll know. Right. So you copy the, the tracking number, you go to deliveries, deliveries will be like, hey, your clipboard looks like a UPS tracking number. Would you like to add an item? And it, it couldn't make it more you know easier. But it's And it syncs. And it syncs across and everything. It, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it, it uses iCloud for syncing and it's all rock solid and whatever. Whatever you've entered on one machine shows up elsewhere, and I've got the... Uh, the second you update it on your Mac, your watch will ding. Yeah, it's and, crazy. and you can use the Today widget on your phone, so you just flip over to the mm-hmm. side, and if there's anything coming, it'll it'll say, you know, here's your things that are coming, it's two days away, it's one day away, and if there's nothing, then there's nothing. It's great. Anyway, but it, that to me is a perfect type of app where, like, when you want to get to deliveries, you want to get to it right now and just paste this thing in, but you probably not going to put it in your dock as like one of your most frequently used apps. So like the, 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 uh, the, the command space for spotlight D E L return is 
it it's phenomenal but it really makes it uh, in some weird ways even though you think like the ipad is the one that's a weird computer with a keyboard it's sort of meant to be used just as a touchscreen it is kind of awesome with a keyboard right oh it's absolutely it's absolutely and, and you'll never see one of the most interesting parts of this you'll never see until you put a keyboard on there which is the little tab switcher so like you're no longer so you don't have to do three swipes Bottom swipes, as I like to say. You don't have to go three bottom swipes. You go tab, you do command, tab, tick, 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 yeah. and it takes you right there. It's yeah. it's pretty wild if you've never used it. Yeah. Anyway, that's my take on the iPad. It's, Good take. It is a very <laughs> complicated, <laughs> very complicated. You know it's pretty wild, though. I mean, boy, just maybe a subtle change, but pretty wild is if I flip on the right Bluetooth thing <clears throat> so that I'm now, the keyboard is now hooked up to the iPad. I hit space. I get my face a tiny bit closer, and it logs me straight in without touching the screen. Oh, Isn't that insane? Yeah. With the camera on the side. Yeah. I did not explain that well to people. You, uh, if you're using a keyboard, you don't have to. You don't have to uh, touch anything except the keyboard. Yeah, just because d- it sees your face and knows who you are. Yeah, you can just like double tap the space bar, and yeah, and it's it's exactly it's. It's it, it just like on the phone. I mean, I, I don't understand the people who, who are ambivalent about Face ID. It's gotten, I, I want to stipulate it has gotten way better. I do not, I disagree wildly with you, you fans who said that you stopped noticing it after a day. I never stopped noticing it. But then I think it was a software update. Mm. It wasn't the 10s. It was, I think it was a software update. It has gotten way better and it's crazy fast on the iPad. Yeah. It, it really, I, I honestly don't, I really don't notice it hardly at all on the iPad if it's in the right position. It really feels like you don't have a password code on your device it just feels yeah. like it's re- always ready to go double tap the space bar and i'm convinced apple hasn't mentioned this but i a couple of the reviews that i've read i didn't mention it in mine but a couple of the reviews have read and they all say the same thing that i think yeah. it works at a greater viewing angle than the phone because it's like you don't even have to be square in front of the ipad you can be off to the I... side a little bit and it still works I've been using this part-time for 16 hours, so I definitely feel like I can say this at this point. I have a microphone in front of my face right now, and if I move just the tiniest bit, it has no problem seeing me. Yeah, I agree. That, that was my beef, John. It wasn't, just, it wasn't the time it took once it recognized you to unlock it. It was the time it took yeah. to recognize you. Yeah. Yes. And that, I got a lot of false, like, oh, you got to no, I need you to hold it here. It's almost like you've got those uh, index lenses where I can see good far away here, but I got to look down and hold it in exactly the right spot here to read. That's how I felt. And I do agree with you. I, isn't, that would be a strange thing not to announce. I, or, I, or, oh, they don't want the, they don't want the iPhone to look bad. Right. right. I think that might be it. I think it's okay. that they don't yeah. want to say it has a better viewing angle. I, than... I will say <laughs> based on my extensive use over something like 16 hours so far, it has, it has definitely, uh, it's much more, it's like, much faster. you know, you know, that, you know, that $1,500 phone we're selling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is better than that. I don't think they yeah. want to, I don't. <laughs> You know, but it is. I wonder if that came out of something they learned or caused to happen out of the need to change the way it detects at different. How am I? I'm putting this terribly. I don't know. If you want your iPhone to detect your face, you have to hold it a certain way at a certain angle. It can't be upside down, it can't be sideways. Whereas the iPad just gets where your face is. Do you think it's something? I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the explanation is. Ask them. You know those jackals. Ask them. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll ask. All right. Let me take another break here and thank our third sponsor. Oh, God. How long are you going to do this thing? uh, I don't know. Uh, Do it. It's our friends at Jamf. J A M F. It's brought to you. Jamf Now. That's their, their product that they want me to tell you about. It makes it easy to set up. 
manage and protect your Apple devices. It's IT management for your Apple devices for non-professional IT people. It's great, great interface that a normal person can use. So if you're part of a team or a small business and you've got company devices from Apple, MacBooks, and you've got phones, you're giving your staff, you've got some new iPads maybe coming in, uh, and you want to track these things in a professional way, you sign up for Jamf and it's great. It is so easy to keep track of your um, these devices for your company. So like if you're an individual and like we were saying like earlier in the show, like if you've got a Mac and an iPad and a phone and they're yours, it's easy to track all three things. But once you're running like a small company, even with like five, six people and you've got, you know, now you're like 15 devices and stuff like that. Like, and somebody has to be in charge of this stuff. Jamf is where you want to go. Jamf now is what you want to use as a business grows and you, your inventory grows. It makes it so much harder if you're not managing these some way to track all these devices. Uh, and it's especially true if some of your employees are remote and that's obviously more, you know, that's the modern way to work. I mean, how many small businesses that start these days have everybody working in a room together? It just isn't the modern way of setting up a business. So with Jamf now, you can check your digital inventory, distribute Wi-Fi and email settings. Um, so all this sort of stuff that you can configure, uh, deploy apps. So if you've got like custom in-house apps, you can just zip them around to everybody's phone or everybody's iPod. Uh, and it's perfect for company data. And you can even lock or wipe a device as needed. So somebody on your sales staff says, oh, my God, I lost my iPad. I left it. I think I left it in the... So uh, you left it in a golf cart. Left it in a golf cart. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Boom. You use Jamf now. You can wipe it. It's safe. You can say that's fine. Uh, no IT experience needed. I cannot emphasize this enough. This is a super great interface so that you get all of these really professional IT features without being an IT expert. It's all self-explanatory with a great interface. And they have a great deal for you. You can uh, you get your first three devices for free, and that's forever. So up to three devices, you just you sign up for Jamf, and you don't ever have to send them any money. And they'll just let you manage these three devices forever. But it'll teach, it'll show you what it's like, uh -huh. you know, then, uh, you can add more for just two bucks a month per device. That's it. All you pay is two bucks a month per device that you add more than three. That's it. That's, that's the whole thing. What a great deal. Uh, keeps the price low and, and it's super manageable. So where do you go to find out more? Jamf.com, J A M F.com slash the talk show. That's jamf.com slash the talk show. And you go to that special URL and they will, uh, they'll know you came from here. My thanks to Jamf. Great company. Big, big supporters of the show. Good job. Uh, so, I, look, we're <laughs> two hours in. We haven't talked about this election. Two years ago, I, we... I don't think it has to be too surpassingly long. No. Uh, because it was, I, I don't have I don't have that that much to say, but I think it's worth... Uh, I think it's worth revisiting. Over the over the years, you and I have done a few things <laughs> that that have achieved evergreen status, right? Yeah, like, I know. We got two things. Two things we've ever done that anybody cares about. Yeah, we, we, we talked had, about blogs right around the time people stopped making blogs, right? And we talked about the 2016 election when it was too late to do anything about it. So you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> an awful lot. Please of, remember to like and subscribe. An awful lot of people who took the 
the 2016 election as hard as we did. Uh, really appreciated our show talking about it. Uh, it seemingly has stood up. There have been people, and, and you've, I've seen you, you know, people tweet at us or something. People like, you know, I listened to it when it was new and it really helped. And, I, you know, for, you know, middle of this July 2018, they're like, you know, I'd listen to it again just to see. And it was like, you know what? It really stands up. You guys did a great thing. I'm going to listen to this episode, you know, every couple months forever. And it's like, that's pretty impressive. That that feels good. Yeah, and we so we tried to talk about a polarizing election in yeah. a non-polarizing way at first. At first, <laughs> at first. <laughs> you're not going to catch everybody. And you know, there's a lot that's yeah. happened in the last two years. There's a lot that's, as always, with this. There's a lot. You think we're going to be okay, John? You think we're going to be all right? <laughs> there's a lot that's happened in the last two days. I would like to please issue a correction um, and an apology. <laughs> We're not going to be fine. Yeah. What the fuck was I talking about? That was the... I, I was whistling. You were. You had had a holiday party. Yeah. I was very nervous, and I was whistling past the graveyard, and I said something really, really stupid in the interest of comforting myself and our listeners, which is I said, I think we're going to be fine. I don't think we're fine. <laughs> I, I don't think we've been fine. I don't think we're going to be fine. And uh, we, we, you know, at that point, I had lived with the election about as long as I've lived with this new iPad Pro. Yeah. But... <laughs> We sure as shit aren't going to be fine. No, it's just, it's not fine. <laughs> it is, yeah, you can any update you want to issue? <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, a lot of people aren't going to be fine. I think it's worth acknowledging. It wasn't fine. It's not going to be fine. I don't know if we'll ever be fine again. There, it, it, one of the things it is that I get confused over, I, I want to simplify it. I want to simplify my view of politics. I want to stop obsessing, you know, I, I want to spend more time on you know, talking about new iPads and less time thinking about the destruction of the planet. And I think, well, what's yeah. really important? Which one is important? And I think like, well, you know, and this is partly why I was having a holiday party two years ago is I, mm -hmm. I, I, I couldn't narrow it. I'd, I'd think to myself, you know what? The worst part about this is going to be the climate change because climate change is, you know, we, we got to fix this or, or it'll get We're already behind the count on We're, that. Right. We, we need every day to get this fixed. Right. Even then we need it. And, and there's all sorts of other stuff, you know, like they, they put some numb nuts on the Supreme court. Well, guess what? Even the, uh, you know, 40 years from now, there's nobody on the court who's still going to be on the court. You know, right? that, that will, you know, even if it takes a long time for the yeah. Supreme court to be flushed, you know, history has a long time. Whereas the climate thing I get, I get worked up about because if, if we don't, if we're already behind and if we don't fix this, it, it, it isn't going to be fixable, right? It's, mm -hmm. you know, Miami's going to be under six feet of water and you know, that you can't just, you know, a couple of buckets, <laughs> it's yeah. not going to fix it. No. But then, then I convince myself that no, no, even as bad as that is, it's the, uh, normalizing, uh, racism <laughs> is, is the bigger problem. And, right. you know, uh, just sort of emboldening people. We, you know, I, or, I'm not surprised that there's an awful lot of white nationalist racist uh, jerks in America. No, no, no. He, he never he never takes any of the opportunities that he has to be empathetic to anybody except himself mm. and other people in power. But even today, even today, the day of those shootings, the shootings in um, California, <sighs> he only ever finds all he can find in himself is the. The, uh, he he has such a hard on for men in uniform, yeah. and he's always so he's always so into the the troops and the first responders. Nothing against them. Thanks, thank you for your service. But you know what? Could you have a little empathy 
for the people who were just out having a drink that night. Do you have to? Do you have to have such a bukkake party for the one cop? That you know, how about everybody else? How about all the other people that every other president has ever found the ability? Talk about normalizing. He is normalizing an utter lack of empathy as something that is not only okay but is desirable and makes you seem tough. You're seeing it emulated in the other candidates. I'm not even saying that's anywhere near the biggest problem, but the way that he has normalized that kind of self-absorption and utter lack of empathy for anybody but the people that could serve him, that's going to be with us for a long time too, because now that's the only way to fight it is to be the same way. It's We're of a generation where we, you know, I think you and I, I think we maybe even talked about it two years ago, is I remember being a kid in the seventies, you know, a little kid, mm-hmm. five, six, whatever. And the fact that I had like a openly racist great uncle, like a guy who you would say like, Hey, are you racist? And he would just say, Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't like black people. You know, and it was just, it was just that that was a thing of people of a certain generation. And I, and I kind of caught the tail end of it of being able to have like a great uncle who was just and nobody and nobody's saying anything about it right. nobody nobody even rolling their eyes and going right. oh oh phil yeah. like no it was just that's, that's what was it that was like in, like a christmas story when he says his father you know painted with obscenities the way other people would you know, that <laughs> Wait, my Picasso family painted paint yes paint. my family painted with racism right. it was just that's how they were yeah it, you know and one totally of the, normal totally normal yeah and i was sorry i remember that and then i just you know i took it for granted, uh, you know, and I'm obviously approaching the whole thing from a position of tremendous, uh, privilege in terms of Mm -hmm. being a healthy white man, uh, you know, heterosexual, you know, anything you can check off as not really being susceptible to, uh, bigotry. I've got it really. Uh, you know, and I, 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 you know, I, I'm trying to, I try to appreciate it as much as I can. Um, Mm-hmm. I do feel. Well, I mean, the other another one is the just I talked about. I can't get over this. Keep talking about it. like it's it's the fight for your life on stuff like climate change, which nobody seems to care about. But then the other fight is like you look at Georgia. Look at what happened in Georgia, where like this incredibly competent woman <laughs> candidate, community organizer, incredibly qualified for her job. She never had a chance, no. and it's not because she's not qualified. She never had a chance. Because the president was saying untrue things about her, even as her opponent was the secretary of state who changed the voting laws while he was in an election. (laughs) And that kind of thing. And you get the gerrymandering. You get the crazy ass map in the Senate right now. You get all of these things that are so weighted toward the most corrupt people staying in power. And again, maybe that's not climate change. Maybe it's not Uncle Phil's racism. But that is going to we're going to be. Can you even imagine how long it would take to get back to anything like normal? How are we going to work together with the other parties, even when we're in power, when we have to say, look, guys, you have to admit, you kind of screwed the pooch on a lot of this election stuff. I just can't. I I, I really, in the last two years, I knew it was going to be bad. And that was (laughs) hence the holiday party. But I couldn't get my hand. I couldn't come to grips with how bad it was going to be. It's just I just knew it was bad. And it's like, I don't know, like you're on the Titanic and you realize yeah. the ship is going down and you realize that if you're lucky, you get in the water, you know, you're not going down with the ship. And it's like, you think it's going to be cold. 
Oh, but, boy, is it cold. Yeah, you don't know until you're actually in the water how cold. <laughs> and I really feel like one of the things that I look at two years later and look at what this guy is saying and, and how he went into this election and the way he, he's just turned everything up. I mean, you thought it was bad two years ago when he ran right, for you're president. Like, you're like, thank God for his lack of competence and, you, and focus. And you really be so much worse. There really was part of me that thought, well, he's got to tone it down once he's in office. And instead, it's he's turned it up like with this this ridiculous stuff about the caravan, the caravan, the caravan, and, and which he hasn't mentioned so much since the election. And the ad, the the crazy ad that he yes. made that all these networks were like, we can't run this. This is overly openly racist. But the thing I'm trying to get to is this point of yeah. of. Me and me, maybe you, uh, and I think that there's an awful lot of people who are not straight white, forty-something-year-old men who are like, uh, no, it's always been there. But I, the way that we, as a society, spent forty years sort of pushing openly racist views out of the mainstream—that there's always, you know, there's conservatives, mm -hmm. there were liberals, but even on the, you know, nobody was allowed to be openly racist. That was completely agreed. Like you, if you're an open racist, you can't. You can't work here. You can't be on TV. Mm -hmm. You you don't get to have an op-ed column. You know, David Duke doesn't get to have an op-ed column in a respectable newspaper. Right? You, you automatically call your like. We got to a place where you were more or less. If there was always casual racism, but if you right. were, you kind of qualified yourself as a fringe character who was not to be taken seriously right. at that point. Open racism was just uh, what I took for granted. How how much work that was as a society and how incredible it had to be and it's one of those things like the, the the dam has been smashed and it's not it's not like oh we're gonna win if we win an election two years from now then we can just go back to the way it was like you don't it, it you know what i mean like it it mm -hmm. it's the way that destruction can be instantaneous and construction takes a long time it takes a very oh, yes. it took a very long time to build the world trade center and it took you know 15 minutes to to bring it down you know it, no, i mean it's just, it's and, just something as simple as it, it takes a, you know six months or a year to build a house and like one afternoon of leaving the bathwater running yeah it's not diff it's not difficult to screw up something pretty good by just being an idiot for a fairly short period of time right uh, so or being a willful being a willful idiot, being a willful like terrible person but like I say, thank God for his lack of focus and competence. Can you imagine if it was if if you had somebody with surrounded by the competent people that George W. Bush had? He all he could do was kill five hundred thousand people. Right. Can you imagine what Trump could do if he knew what he was doing? It's Can you even imagine. It's really something, and uh, you know, and I know it's it's. A, he wasn't watching nine hours of TV a day. It, it's a trope at this point to say. Boy, we didn't know what we had with George W. Bush, you know, and as much as I disliked him politically and as much as I thought he was a bit of a doofus and as much as I thought that, um, you know, I can't wait to watch that new movie uh, about oh, me too. Cheney, Vice. The Vice. Oh, cannot wait for that. I didn't even recognize Christian Bale. Oh, no way. That, uh, he trailer. is totally lost as in, in, into that Dick Cheney uh, voice, the makeup. So oh, cool. I can't wait. But, you know, it seemed pretty obvious from the outside, just as a consumer of the New York Times and, you know, watch a little, you know, stay up to date on the news. It seemed pretty obvious that Dick Cheney was running things, right? Oh, <laughs> I mean, right, right. But they were competent, you know, they, 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 they were wrong about things, but they did these things in a competent way. It is, it is very different today. So anyway, that brings us to the election of this week. Yeah, midterms. Oh, and I've got to tell you. 
I was invested deeply in this because I really do feel, and I, re, I honest to God, I think the country is still in serious, serious trouble. I think we're on shaky mm-hmm. ground. And I think the only chance we had is, is for the Democrats to have taken the House. I really, really feel that if the Republicans had kept both houses of Congress for the next two years, uh, that we'd be it, well, it's definitely it's it's funny because like we're so behind in the count on so many things, and the one thing that felt clear was listen, um, haven't with blue wave whatever the fuck that means. I'm sorry, I'm cursing on your show. Uh, whatever it means to have a blue wave, uh, we uh, well who who knows what that means, but. What we do know is, even if we don't get all the things that we want, what we do know is that if we don't see some improvement in this, especially in this one area, which is we really need to get the House. For a variety, there are things that only the House can do. We hope we get the Senate, too. But what we, what we know for sure is if there's a washout or a systematic total miscalculation in the polls and it turns out we're going to get our clock cleaned even worse than 2016 – what we did know is, like, no matter how long it's going to take to rebuild all this water damage, what we do know is if we miss it on this one, we are well and truly screwed. And pretty much to a certainty, we can say this is what the country is now. Yeah. And the Excluding, House, of course, all the voting irregularities, but we don't have time to get into right. that. But still, but if, you, but if that had gone as badly as 2016 went, you know, and all our, our, our old drinking buddy, uh, Nate Silver, still said the same thing. You know, do you want to get on a plane that has a 15 percent chance of crashing? No, <laughs> that's what right? that's like. how it works. That's how right. percentages work. That's why it's a percentage. Right. <laughs> but what we knew was if this goes wrong now, it's actually officially really, really bad. Yeah. There's no there's no bulwark against what these folks are going to be able to do. So I you know, it was the election was Tuesday. Tuesday morning was the the embargo date for the MacBook Air reviews. <laughs> so I, 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 you know, had that. And then I, you know, spent the day sort of reading other people's reviews. Mac mini reviews dropped at the same time. And so I, you know, we went and we voted, uh, you know, and but then I, I kind of stayed off political news all day. I had I had plenty of, you know, Mac mini and MacBook Air stuff to read and, and review mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to focus my mind. And I kept telling myself, I'm not going to put MSNBC on until eight o'clock, eight o'clock Eastern. <laughs> That's what Madeline did. Madeline did that. I am not. She was so good. I am not doing it till eight. I'm not doing it till eight. But Amy, Amy broke and she put it on around seven. Uh, and I was in the kitchen so I could hear it and okay. I hear and it, seven. So that's for my time. That's right around when the big first big closings. Yeah. The happened. first big closings. Yes. And then they had footage of, uh, I think it was in Georgia. There was the lines. A, there was, well, there was a polling place where the machine, the machine, they had three, they had three, they had three machines in the whole place and, and they needed a specific proprietary power cord for them. And nobody, <laughs> nobody had the power cord. <laughs> Like Dongle Town, uh, it's going to be our right. Uh, and it's like, how can this happen? How can it be? You know, how can it be election day and you don't have the right power cord for the voting machines? And we could open up the whole can of worms of we shouldn't really need a power cord for these things. We should, we really should for right. election security be doing all this stuff on paper so that there's a paper. But if that was trail. a Broadway show. You'd fire the entire crew. Right. If your first night on Broadway couldn't happen because somebody forgot a cord. I go home. Well, this is different. It's only the future of our know, democracy. And I, I, I don't know. It just seemed like from the, the the first few hours of news were all seemed bad. And I looked at it, it put me in a mood. You know what? It really I I, I was inconsolable fairly early because I went right back into that old feeling and that old pattern. I now I did feel, it, didn't already start to feel like yes. if we're not going to win everything. Well, you you always like these sports teams that always win. Yeah. So like. <laughs> If you're, you know, even if you could win, you're already kind of down a little bit. Like, 
we're not going to have the blue wave, are we? It's not going to happen. Steve Kornacki is the the nerd on MSNBC. He's the guy who sort of uh, we, have, we can talk about. Him. We got to talk watch, about Steve. I don't Kornacki. watch MSNBC on a daily basis. Every once in a while, I do. I like I like Rachel Maddow. I think she does a good job. And and if I'm flipping around, I might might watch her. I, you know, I, I watch mm-hmm. here and there. I like their shows. Uh, but I tend to read my political stuff, uh, you know, big, uh, TPM fan here. I, I link to it all the time, but, uh, talking points memo is a great site. I, I keep up to date. I read most of my political stuff. I find, I, I don't want to, I don't have that many hours a day to watch TV. I don't want to spend it. I know Steve Kornacki works. Like you're the president. <laughs> I know Steve Kornacki works at NBC news full time. And he's I know a, he's a political guy and a writer. Like just for, he has a new book out that's supposed to be just terrific, but he's a writer. He's a correspondent. Yeah. Like. And a writer. So, uh, but I don't see, I I don't think I've seen him since two years ago on election night. And I will say, I I have to say, like seeing him. It's like the way Guy Lombardo uh, used to be for New Year's Eve. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't, I'm sure you do other things the other, you know, the last 700 and some days. But I haven't. He's the guy who makes me nervous with the map. (laughs) Right. You're the guy who makes me nervous with the map and tells me bad news. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, <laughs> there could still be 40 votes in a box somewhere in Michigan. <laughs> right. And then the, the 538, uh, I, I had that opened in a tab. And it, at some oh, point... Brought, did they bring a needle this year? No. Well, they had a percentage. And oh, at, like, at like 6 o'clock Eastern, so around 3 o'clock your time, they pegged the Democrats' chances of taking the House at like 92%. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. a pretty good number. And I don't think it's oh. a great number because, it, <laughs> I, like you said, like, would you feel good on an airplane if there was a 92% chance that it was going to not crash. It's, yeah. you know, and, but I still feel pretty good about it because I didn't expect, I had no reason to think that it would be 99%, right? It's, it's right. like, you, you know, you look at this, it's, this is, and 90- even, even they were saying uh, in their, in their writing and on the podcast, they were saying it's the same thing that always applies. There could be something somebody missed, and it's not our fault. This is what 538 right. tries to try right. to say for two years. All we're doing is reporting on other people's polls. Right. We evaluate how good the poll is, but we don't control the data in the polls. Right. There's always the chance for a systematic error that throws this completely in one direction or the other, and we have no control over right. it. Well, and it, you know, the way that we've sorted ourselves left and right with the you know the the that uh, on the, the Trumpist perspective of denying cl- climate change and not really, they're just not that fact based. You know, right, 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 right. The, the whole fake news thing that those people surprisingly, unsurprisingly, you know, don't really get math. And yeah. so their thing was that oh, the you know the the people who predicted that Hillary Clinton would beat Trump, uh, you know, like Nate Silver in five thirty eight, what do they have egg on their face? Whereas what they said was you know it looks like you know she has an eighty percent chance of winning or whatever it was eighty five percent whatever the number was. The f- well, it's a, I mean you do need to reframe these things. Right. If there's a fifteen percent chance, that means that like sixteen percent is one six. Right. Right. That means that's about like saying there's oh there's absolutely no way that this die right. will land on a five right and you're like that's insane well, have re- you ever actually rolled dice right and remember there was a game uh, uh, trouble remember you, you pop a matic oh, yeah. so you had one pop one, a matic sure you had one die in the middle of the thing and you pop it and then you had to like land on certain pegs exactly so you know you'd be you know you like your sister's ahead of you and and you're playing and it's like she has to get a one. You know, so mm-hmm. every chance, you know, eventually you get a one. It's not that unusual. So if somebody said to you, you know, I'll bet you 10 bucks that the next roll of the die won't be a one. Well, I'll take that bet because you got a five out of six chance. But, you know, even with <laughs> you the, would take that bet. <laughs> yeah, I would take that bet. That's good. It happens, right? 
So yeah. anyway, I'm looking at this and MSNBC comes on and it, it seems like it's all bad news. It's it's voting machines without power cords and long lines and all did these. You see, did you see the, the did you see Kemp wasn't able to vote because he had a problem? Yeah. Yeah, I did see that. It's hilarious. Right. The guy the guy who was rigging the elections couldn't even vote. Right. Because they made these ridiculous voter ID laws that are transparently designed to keep. Uh, uh, it's transparently racist. Right. Yeah. Well, did you see the thing with North Dakota? Where they Which changed thing? the law to um, require a street address to vote. Oh, and if you got avenue instead of road. No, it's the fact that um, many, many, many. Maybe, oh, they don't even have the. You're right. Native actual address. According a, to the government, right. it's a P.O. box, but right. they can't use a P.O. box. Right. Yes. And it, it only, Mental. you know, so they made this law to literally the only people who it affects are the Native Americans in North Dakota because their their legal address is a P.O. box and it's not a street address because where they live, you know, the reservations where they live don't have streets, you know, or not streets in the U.S., whatever. It's not the, canon- it's not the canonical definition of the location. So not only is it bullshit that they have to show an ID to vote anyway, which is ridiculous and and is entirely designed to disenfranchise minorities. They specifically wrote this street address law to target uh, Native Americans who voted for Heidi. What, yeah, uh, the last time, which is how you know, she, you know, she was, was a write-in. She won, didn't she? Right. Win with the write-in? Yeah, no, that no, was Murkowski. Murkowski that had yeah, did the in write-in. Alaska, but you know, and guess what? She lost badly. Yeah. But anyway, all this bad news comes in and I thought, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going out to watch TV yet. I'm going to go back to the kitchen. I'm going to do a little bit more work, but here, let me quick reload 538 to get that 90 something, see where that's at. And then I'll feel better. And I reload 538 and 538 (laughs) was down to like, they, it, it was like 54% chance. I was like, what? Oh, God. I'm like, what? This was just at 91%. How the hell did this go to 54? And the thing that I remember is I remember, like, with the needles and et cetera, all these things in 2016. The jittering jittering on the needle. They were also, you know, very strongly in Hillary Clinton's favor. And then they started moving the other way. And then once they started moving the other way, they kept going past 50. And it very quickly went down to, yeah, she lost. She's going to remember that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, all I can think is uh, this thing that went from 91 to 54, if that keeps going like it did two years ago, that's going to be down to like 15% in like 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and MSNBC had a needle too. They had like a thing. And at one point oh. theirs was like 55% or something. And I'm like, and the needle doesn't even make that much sense. No. The needle for a Democrat versus Republican one person presidential contest needle makes sense. Needle for control of the house or the Senate does not <sighs> on the face of it make as much sense. I, I got to tell you for a couple of hours there, it was extraordinarily nervous yeah. to use. Uh, and, and you super over notice every time. Right. I mean, th- there were the races, there were the races where the really high, the highlight, like something like the classic, because Peter O'Rourke versus Ted Cruz, nobody ever really, really, really super thought he was going to win, but like, it would have been the total package. Because, right. you know, Ted, Ted Cruz is, 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 I don't know, he's, he's, he's a suit on a blobfish, like just, he, and he's such a repellent human being, even his colleagues don't like him. Peter yep. O'Rourke is, is arguably the future of yep. the progressives. And it's like, that would have been like, you know, that's, a, that's like, like they say about Marvel movies, that's like a four quadrant win. Yeah. You can't help, and then when you see he's not going to win, you're like, well, I still, I damn it, why was I hopeful? Yeah. Why was I hopeful? 
And I think I undernoticed, I don't jump ahead, but I think I undernoticed the number of things that were actually going super well. Yep. Overnoticed the stuff that was not going flawlessly and had no idea how many things there wouldn't be account until later in the week, well, which is also getting very interesting. Well, and the other thing that really put me in a bad mood Tuesday night were the results from Florida, which is on the <sighs> East Coast. I guess they, they close polls early, maybe seven o'clock ish or it's something mild, like it's that. It's a mild where I used to live. It was the West Coast. Fuck. That's not the and where I used to live, the yeah. west coast of Florida, the Gulf Coast, is what screwed well, it up. Well, they had, a, they had a, a governor race and they had a Senate race. And the polls yes. had said the Democrats are looking – you know, it's always Florida. So a big win is going to be 51-49, you know, right? It's, <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's yeah. a big, it's, a large, it's a large state but it's, and a very yeah. – It is bizarrely but famously all the way back to 2000, fam- you know, where, uh, where George W. Bush won by like a vote, uh, won, yeah. quote uh, – uh, you know, however they had done that recount, though, if they had done a full recount, nobody was going to win by more than a couple hundred I votes. I bet you could do a recount three or four different times. Yeah. And if you did a thorough, thorough hand recount, an actual manual thorough hand recount three times, you'd get three different res- results. Right. But it's, there's uh, enough votes involved that I bet it would be different. Every it's time. just bizarrely 50-50. So you knew it was going to be and close. bizarrely 50-50. But everything yes. went badly Tuesday in Florida. The, the Republican— It had been looking good the, for a couple of days. The, it looked like Gillum might do it. Right. The Republican won— uh, it's Rick Scott. He was the won the Senate race, and he's a real piece. He's a real piece of work. Yeah. And it's like, how the hell did this happen? How does Florida get to screw us again? And you just, I couldn't help but feel like I was like, well, if Florida, the polls, you know, were a little bit skewed in the Democrats' favor, this is obviously going to apply elsewhere. I think we might be screwed. And then James Carville came on. <laughs> The MSNBC. Oh and I love James Carville. I really do love him. I enjoy the way he talks. I think he's incredibly astute. But I remember that he was the guy, like at the, mm-hmm. he was the guy two years ago who, at a moment where everybody, whether we should or should not have, whether we were in denial or, or just uh, late, but everybody was still thinking, well, Trump can't really win this, right? Okay, so it's closer than we thought, but he can't really win. It was James Carville who came on MSNBC and was like, uh, like, I'm not going to do his accent, but he yeah, more or less was like, uh, yeah, this looks really bad. He I, said the thing. He said the thing. A that nobody wanted to hear. That B right. turned out to be true. Right. He, he did it fairly early, and then having him do that a second time, you're just like, oh come on. Yeah. So he came on, and he was like, yeah, this isn't going to be a blue wave. This this could turn out bad. I think we got to get our heads wrapped around the fact that we may not take, you know, Democrats may not take the house. I got to tell you, at that point, I was like, I, <laughs> I did not know what to do. Yeah. And then, you know, and then it all turned out okay. Did you notice that one thing? I don't think, I think everybody had to notice. I don't see how you couldn't notice is as they start calling individual house races and they're calling them from, you know, they had this list of here's the 50 that, that are toss ups. Here's the, you know, here's the ones, these are the 50 races that are going to determine this. There's a, there's a bunch that for a variety of reasons are like they're uncontested, they're right. already settled, or in some cases there's, you know, somebody like Ocasio-Cortez, like we're not going to talk a lot about that because right. that's pretty much baked in that she's going to win. Right, because it's a Democratic district. Like yeah. uh, the, the, in our district here, where our representative is a fellow named Dwight Evans, who's I think he's not nationally known too well. I mean, there's a lot of House members who aren't, you know, but he, he seems like a very good politician. He's, you know, uh, he's been around. I forget how, how many times he's been elected. Now He's not real old, but he's, you know, at least five, five times. Mm-hmm. His expected vote percentage, according to 538 in our district was 97. 
In other words, the the expectation was he would he would get ninety seven percent of the votes in our really? district. Yeah. It's, oh my goodness. So that was not not, not going to spend a whole no, lot of time on that. One. We live in a very blue district. Who's your representative? You, did you vote for? Is Nancy Pelosi your representative? Uh, well, our our let's see, who's our? Uh, I voted for DiFi again. I got a, I got a soft spot for DiFi in the Senate. And who did I vote for? I don't remember who I voted for in the um, rep. I mean, here, my stuff is a lot less interesting than my friends in Chicago, mm-hmm. where there a real difference can be made. So we were very focused on some of the, uh, uh, the what do they call it in California? The uh, Not the amendments, but the propositions. Yeah. yeah. There's some very interesting propositions in the city and the state. But <clears throat> it's um, there's a lot of, like, very, like, uh, down card stuff, you know, like, oh, real, real worried about who's going to be the assessor, you know, yeah. school board judges. But... <laughs> No, I mean that's the, the, here. There's not. I mean, you want to show up and do your duty, but we do not have a giant impact. The people who really wanted Kevin DeLeon over uh, DeFi, I think, are probably certainly understandably disappointed. They really wanted, you know, somebody more progressive and, and not eighty in there. Um, but that was that was pretty much it. Where there was nothing. The most the most well known things around here was some called Prop C where um, Benioff in particular from um, Salesforce was trying to get this tax that would help with homeless uh, issues, which passed, uh, but not by enough to be like, um, I want to say veto proof. Like it's Mm. still, there's no, still no guarantee it'll happen. It can still be like sort of litigated. You know, what was a weird, what was a weird result was the, um, hmm. the proposition in Florida to restore voting rights to felons who have served their times. I was very happy to hear that. Well, but I don't understand. So it's good. And it's right because the, you know, the idea that once it's weird that it's a state decision, right? But if somebody, isn't it a felony? I think uh, a priori, I think of a felony as like a national, federal offense, right? It's, I know that's not the case, but you know, and it's, you know, you've served your time. You should be, you know, you're done. If they say you have to go to jail for 10 years and then your 10 years are up and then you're, you, you, you know, it doesn't seem, it really seems. Unless it's like a condition of parole, like you're done. You've done what you were, you're, you're done serving. It seems right on the surface, unjust, unjust that you never get to vote again for the rest of your life until you, unless you get, I guess, move out of the state or something. I, I guess if you move, right. Cause then you'd I be thought of that. Well, but that's not what people should have to do. And, and it's unjust. And it, interesting it, that it made it that far and super interesting that it passed for easily, all the obvious it, reasons. It passed like it got like 64% of the vote. And all I can think is who voted for this and then still voted for the Republicans for the, the other thing. Cause it was, family? I know you're right. Yeah. It's, it's so nuts. Yeah. Very nuts. Uh, I, I don't, the, the, the thing, the thing I, I went to bed that night going meh, like, uh, this could have gone better. But even by the time I had recorded with Syracuse that night. And so I'd missed a lot of the Sturm and Drang, but, even by the end of the night, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't as bad as everybody's making it sound. This could be this could be way terrible. And I hadn't really thought through what it might mean if the Democrats get the let's be honest, get the chairmanships of a lot of those committees. Yeah. Just getting rid of Devin Nunez. Yeah. That improves my day. He's a very bad person. He is a really I'm bad not person. I'm not the hugest Adam Schiff fan. I think he's never seen a camera he didn't love. But like he he might as well be working for MSNBC. But I think he's a damn sight better than yeah. Devin Nunez in that case. Well, and uh, I think he's a smart guy, and that's the difference. And I do think, yeah, yeah, you're right. He likes to be on camera, but it's he does. But like, yeah, exactly. He's not a cipher for for Donald Trump. But right. but yeah, I hadn't really thought through all that. And then you know, there was there were really some bright signs, and it took until the next day, and people were reminding you, hey, this is the first you know African American woman in this role, the first Muslim woman in this role. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff like that that we missed in the lights because yeah. we wanted the coup de grace. Yeah, and there's... we wanted this to be 
dumb liberal cucks like me are sitting around waiting for a daddy to shoot the f- silver bullet into the bad man. And that's not how politics yeah, works. Colorado, not how it Colorado works. elected an openly gay governor uh, first in the nation. That's, He's going to be governing over the, the people who wouldn't make the cake. Yeah, it's, it's so much. And so, he's, being real, he's being real classy about it, too. So many great things like that. And the thing I noticed mm-hmm. it was that as they start calling these individual house races, and here's another one that flipped. Here's another one that flipped for the Democrats. And all of a sudden it started looking good and the needle mm-hmm. started looking, you know, it was like 80% chance. And it's like, oh, it's back off 50-50. Was how many of the ones who flipped it were women? It was, it's yeah. just nuts how it was a woman after a woman after a woman who were winning these seats. And, uh, I'm not surprised by that, but I thought it was just a revelation how it was just one sure, after another. Sure, you're not going to hurt. Right. I mean, that's, we, that is the energy and, and I'm, I don't, I don't want to be an essentialist or trying to, uh, I don't want to be unintentionally sexist by saying all women are the same because they're not. But there's been a lot of times in the last two years, been a lot of time, a lot of time in the last two hundred years, where we really could have used some super smart women on the job. Yeah, and that's that, nice to see. That it, is so nice to see. Yeah, and I think it's great. I think it's going to be good governing wise. But I also think it was great that it was it was a winning it was a winning. Uh, politically, you know, that it was a great way to win these seats. Then, but there, there also were some good schadenfreudes. We yeah. lost him in the lights, but freaking Scott Walker. Yeah. He's done. He's out. That's yeah. so good. Dana Rohrbacher, who might as well work for Vladimir Putin. I'm <laughs> yeah. so glad Rohrbacher lost. That makes me so happy. <laughs> right. I don't he's, even think it's a joke. I actually think that he works for Vladimir Putin. I remember there was oh, they had that recording of the one guy, and he was the like recording where they joked about. Yeah, and yeah. he was and now and the other guy's laugh was like the one guy, and, and he was like it's Paul I, Ryan. Yeah. Paul Ryan was making jokes about it. There's two people that are on the payroll for yeah. Putin, right? Yeah, Trump and Rohrbacher, and they laughed. And he goes, "No, wait, I'm not joking." <laughs> Like, I really do think that this guy's on the take from the Russians. Yeah, there was so many, yeah. so many bad people who lost. Uh, Scott Walker losing is terrific. Uh, it was a good election. It was a good election. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, and listen, I don't want to, if anything I've learned at this point is not to whistle past the graveyard. No, it sucks. It sucks that, that Gillum didn't win. That would have been huge. It sucks that Beto O'Rourke didn't win. It's, it's all I can do not to be exactly that kind of centrist lefty who drives me nuts. But in my back of my head, I am thinking, oh, Beto O'Rourke and Gillum. Yeah. Um, kind of an interesting idea. Because, of course, as we, we keep hearing emerging this idea that from future future presidents like Michael Avenatti, we keep hearing about how, oh, dear, we can't have a woman running for the Democratic seat. I hope that's not the case. But if you're going to have, I, I, I love Joe Biden. I love Uncle Joe. Joseph Gordon Biden, big fan. Hope he doesn't run. Hope he doesn't run too strong. I want to see people like Beto and Gillum. Yeah. Yeah. There. I think that's a powerful combination. Beto right reminds, today, as we stand here today, that's a powerful combination. Beto reminds me a lot of uh, Barack Obama circa 2004. And I remember the, because uh, like his sort of uh, introduction to the national stage was so 2004, John Kerry was the Democratic candidate. And uh, one of the nights, you know, like, Tuesday night of the Democratic convention, the big speech was delivered by this young up and coming Senate candidate from Chicago, Barack Obama. Right. And, you know, I was like, well, that's, you know, it's a, that's a tough name to, you know, to be a black guy running for the national well, stage. A lot of people forget Barack Hussein Obama. Right. That, 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 well, that Hussein did, is important. Right. The Democrats didn't really emphasize that part of it in 2004, right. but I'd never heard of the guy. And I, you know, we're watching and he delivered and, you know, what we in hindsight, we recognize as a terrific Barack Obama speech. And I remember 
me and Amy just looking at each other saying like, why aren't we running this guy? <laughs> like, right, right, like right, right. I, I think John Kerry would have been a fine president. Doesn't really. He'd be fine at, at being the administrator of something. He d- like, doesn't really stir yeah. the blood, right? Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't yeah. make you stand up and to have, you know, wipe tears from your eyes. Whereas Barack mm-hmm. Obama did. And in 2004, it was like, I think this guy's going to be the first black president. And, we're, you know, we, you know, we were both like, I think this guy could do it. And then we're like, no, there's never going to be a black president in our lifetimes. Cause just because, right. Because we're awful because we're an awful country is going to, you know, we're going to have Bush, we're going to have more Bush brothers <laughs> for 40 years. <laughs> right. Yeah, those Bush boys are back. Uh, but it, you just, and Beto O'Rourke has that same effect on me. Like I just listened to this yeah. guy and I'm like, you may not beat Ted Cruz in this election, you know, because it's Texas and it's, you know, but yeah. boy, oh boy, are you inspiring. And, you know, boy, do you have good things to say? And do you, I'm ready to, I'm ready to see a lot more youth and I'm, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I think you and I differ a little on this. I see, I, I don't want to be offensive. I see you as a little more centrist. Yeah, I am. Progressive, like, but you know what? I mean, I, I'm, I have great respect for Chuck Schumer. I don't think he's the guy we need in that job right now. Yeah, I see. I it. think there are there are yeah. people like that where I like, oh my goodness, you are just going to apologize your way into oblivion. You've got to fight. There's no reason for us not to fight at this point. Yeah. There's nothing. I mean, how much will be gained by not fighting? I mean, you just they just they sound practically apologetic that they they want these things that America has wanted for years. Yeah. Like, what is what is the powder you're keeping dry at this point? What do you think they're going to do to you? I I don't know. I'm with and you. And that's I, so. I mean, the idea of somebody, um, people who are going to rub some people the wrong way. You want you want to start turning out more than a you know, low two, low two digits of young people, put somebody out there that'll get them out of the, off their ass and not worried about whether they can find stamps to buy. The, they will come out and they will do this. You know, that you need somebody who's going to make them excited. The, the other side doesn't worry about what our side will think of their, their leaders, right? Like nobody on the Republicans looks at Chuck Grassley leading the Senate Judiciary Committee and says, you know what? I worry that Democrats aren't really going to like this guy. We're, we're, they don't we're care. In a, as a, there's a phrase we use in our family a lot, which is um, sometimes we'll be watching a TV show or a movie and there'll be somebody who just, it seems, they seem so strange. And I'll say, that guy seems like he's in a different movie right now. He's in a different movie. We're in a different movie than we used to be. We, Chuck, Chuck Schumer and his very, very good Good humans who are who are leading our uh, other elected f- officials, they think they are in a different movie than the one that they are in. Right. And I, I really, I don't understand, unless I'm really, really missing something, and that's always possible. I think they think they're in a different movie. And I'm, they, we're in a different genre of movie from a different era of movie. And like the more, the thing is, you know, it's like oh, the closest I can think of is like, Margaret Dumont in a, in a Marx Brothers movie, hmm. like like trying trying to be in like all the President's Men or something. Like I I don't know what the two movies are, but like it's time to fight. It is it is the, uh, the, you're not going to get these people. You're not going to win a contest of like have you no have you no shame, sir. <laughs> like you are basically you're fighting the three Stooges and they've got a ladder. <laughs> Right. But now it's at a point where you could ask, you could have the, do you have no shame, sir? And and then they could just look right at, you know, you know, do that thing where the, the, the you speak into your testimony microphone at a crooked angle and they would just say, no, we, I have no shame. Of course not. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> I believe I've stipulated for the record that I have no shame. Right. Like that, that was... Sir, I'm a stooge. Like they should and have... I have two associates, and the three of us have work to do, yeah, Like when Kavanaugh was called back to retestify on that on that oh, uh, thing. God, and, right. But they could have asked him, like, sir, do you have you no shame? And, and he would have just answered, no, I have no shame at all. None. Well, I mean, to go to an extreme, the guys on Chapo were saying, like, well, somebody should have, maybe not Klobuchar, but somebody just should have just said... Well, the extreme version would be, um, Mr. Kevin, are you drunk right now? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Or, or if you want to be a little more low key about it, you go, um, Mr. Kavanaugh, when's the last time you drank any alcohol at all? And you know, the only honest answer is at least yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think he did a shot before he came out. I do. I think the way I that think, he came well, out hot. Okay, have me back. It's it's getting late. Have me back. I want to wind out my theory of how Adderall is running the right at this Ooh. point. I think there's a tremendous stimulant addiction problem on the right, and I think the smart money is on Brett. Probably had a little too to Adderall. And then you decide to <laughs> shave it down with a little bit of scotch whiskey. That's yeah. my guess. I think he had uh, one and then the other. Yeah. They get him off the clock. I mean, you ever notice how much Trump sniffs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, all I the time. I used to take Adderall. I used to sniff. People sniff. It's not cocaine, guys. Folks, mm. folks, <laughs> folks, do we love it? Do we love the Adderall? I thought, folks? That, and I thought, you know where I thought it was super noticeable always? I, I thought, I was like, why aren't more people talking about this? It was during his debates with Hillary Clinton. Where he's up he there, say, he's up there for ninety minutes. Cunt. Yes, he's got you know a microphone in front of him uh, for the whole thing, and he's uh, you know, is there ever a time when he would get want to get keyed up, you know, and and be oh, ready I to go? To, it became a running. It was a running bit for me on Twitter because I know for a fact that from the time I put an Adderall in my mouth to the time I felt like a, an Elton John song with wings was exactly twenty two minutes. Right, I don't know. If and you could count. You could count twenty two minutes from the time he started talking. I think he got a little bump, yeah. and it would hit him, maybe a pill. And it would him because he would suddenly become extremely interested in what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. And he would like come to life from looking very tired. And the man sleeps like three hours a night. Yeah. Well, he just tweeted the other day at four thirty. He had a tweet that, came, and you know, he tweets those he himself. One, I think he had one at three. Yeah, he had one at three the other day well, about his unfair treatment. Or maybe it was four, but it was literally, if you look at it, like you, yeah, it, it's either really late or you really early. Ask yourself: early. Is that healthy? Is that healthy that the president <laughs> is up at that hour being aggrieved? <laughs> right. Is and that it, what we want from a late night president? Ah. <laughs> uh, you know, and yet I'm it, saying also, you notice how much water Kavanaugh was drinking. Yeah, you did you see? Water he was? So uh, I, we got to wrap it up, but it's just yeah. so Trump had a bizarro press conference His yesterday. Press conference yesterday, where he went Jesus all Christ. over the map from saying that he was going to work with Democrats to making threats. <laughs> against yeah, you the, investigate me, maybe I investigate yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, how we, you like that? How you like that, Nancy Pelosi. I'm going to investigate you. I'm not doing it right now, but I might. I could do it. I'm the president. I could start investigating you. Well, here, it fits, though, with... it. He's like a drunk yelling, no, you're under arrest. No, let me tell you something, though. I honestly believe this, and I think it's it's one of those ways where, like you said, we're in a different movie than these people think we are. The real world today, Democrats look at the word investigation, and they see what the dictionary says an investigation is, an inquiry to find the answers to questions so the Mueller. sometimes it's just to make sure that everything is as it appears you will be investigated if you try to work for the fbi so they know that everything's copacetic they're not accusing you of anything republicans they just need to investigate it to make sure everything's what it seems republicans starting with newt gingrich back in the 90s he sort of pioneered this see investig they see the word investigation and they see it as something that those in political power use against those who don't have political power 
It, it's, it has nothing to do with the truth. It has nothing. It's just, no, no, yeah, no matter how, what the intention is, it's right. definitely going to be a blanket party that right. is sets out from the beginning right. to undo you. And so Trump's thing yesterday, just it, 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 he's so internalized that, and it comes so naturally to him that it has nothing to do with the fact that he's actually done illegal things, terribly illegal things. And that his campaign, you know, whether he knew about them or not, colluded with the Russians in illegal ways and that there's all sorts of financial... You don't need to go any further right. than his hotels. Right. The thing that's right. like number 95 on the list right. is how he and, he and his family continue to enrich themselves <laughs> right. because they didn't really get out of any of those businesses. Right. That will never even... Gonna, we won't get to that until they're all dead. <laughs> but that alone, follow David Fahrenheid on... Yes, on, uh, he's fantastic. Washington Post reporter. And, uh, and uh, what, Washington Post? Yes. And just watch. Watch what happens with that family. Yeah. And it's it's right. absolutely astonishing stuff that nobody would have gotten away with one time. Right. <laughs> he has an entire his progeny are out there in buildings with his name on it, licensed to have his name on it. They're doing nothing but putting thousands of dollars in his pocket. Trump's little you want to investigate me? We'll investigate you. I'll investigate it's, you. It's totally it was totally <laughs> in denial of the fact that like he's done an all he and his campaign and his government have done an awful lot of things that are probably going to you know result in. Well, already have resulted in a bunch of felonies uh, and indictments. Uh, and the other side hasn't. Yeah, but there were only people in some cases. There were only people that led his campaign or advised his campaign for a few months. Right. But, but there, and there was a whole, a whole, a whole, you, you, you couldn't fit them on a bus. You know, how many people when Trump won and they, you know, for two years ago when we I had the little holiday party episode of the show and, and how many people right away, like with, you know, day after the election were saying, ah, this isn't going to be that bad. You know, it's, ah, you're crazy if you think that, uh, that they're going, to, it's going to be like. There's uh, so many failures. Fail safes and fire yeah. alarms and nets right. that'll it, keep this from going right. wrong. And now here we are, two years later, the day after people, this election. Two people on the Supreme Court. And, <laughs> but they, like to me, of, of the list of things that we were, that I was like two years ago, oh yeah, they're going to do this. They're going to do things like this. And then here we are yesterday, they, they revoke the press pass to a reporter from CNN. <laughs> yeah. And the, the White House press secretary, Sarah Sanders, Posted a video. Here's she said. Here's why we have to revoke a, his a doctored video. A, a doctor video. A doctored yes. video. <laughs> yes. The, the White House. And and it, this isn't an allegation. That the the original He's making a karate chop on that woman. Right, the original video is out there. You can see the original video. You can yes. see how they doctored it, and that's you know again you know on the same on the same day that at least it was announced that Jeff Sessions had been asked to quit had been essentially fired the, the day it's like almost like he's waiting when can i when can i let the keebler elf go it has to be after the midterm sir and the midterms end when uh well sir i guess technically that would be sometime it won't be fully counted but after 12 okay fine i'll do it then and that's and that's a keebler man is gone on that undated letter that's been weirdly sitting around right <laughs> Undated letter. You know, I, 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 I date notes to my wife that I put on the refrigerator. I don't think official resignation letters get passed around without a date on them. What is happening? Ugh. I need a holiday party. Yeah. I think, I think, I don't know if everything's going to be fine. I think it's not going to be fine. I do feel, God, I hate to say this because I'm so obsessed with the Russia stuff, but I've come around to what a lot of people say. You know, let the Russia stuff play it, play out its course. Having Schiff and his team in there is going to make a big difference. But don't lose that in the lights. Don't put no. all your hope. Robert Mueller is not Superman. No. There's only so much that's going to happen. And like my friend Max says, stay focused on stuff that you can do something about, stuff in your area. Yep. Maybe even pick one thing. 
don't be like the press, you guys. Don't chase every tennis ball. Yeah. I mean, we're doing that now. We're having fun. But if you want to make a difference, you can't you can't fret about everything. You got to fret about one thing or two things. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, we got to keep. Or you could just you could just drink a lot. <laughs> well, I tried that two years ago. Didn't help. Yeah, it worked for a little while. Um, I will say this. Let me say this because so yeah. you'll be back on before the twenty twenty election. But uh, God willing, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think Trump is going to run for reelection? I think there's a I, serious chance that he doesn't run for reelection. Boy, there's this is one that I've really had to change my mind on. Um, I, John Gruber, I as we recorded that program approximately two years ago, I thought he'd be in it for six months. I thought there's no reason to believe he will be in there for more than six months. He will be impeached because he's already got a big stack of crimes. He made crimes. He made tons of crimes. He, he shouldn't be in there in the first place. He's got obviously going to be impeached. They made Jimmy Carter sell his peanut farm. He sold his peanut farm. A retired World War II veteran that worked on submarines had to sell his peanut farm. <laughs> this, guy, this guy looks like this guy looks like a child's craft project. This, and his, he, anyway, this guy opened a hotel with his name on it across the street from the White House. <laughs> I can't have the FBI there. Right across the street. I know. I know. I know. It's real easy. You can just use a little uh, Elon Musk tunnel and move in between in a golf cart. Anyways, uh, and so I thought there's no way he'll be in there six months. I was a little surprised that he made it more than six months. And then I thought, well, you remember what, what, what we all were saying toward the end when it was, quote unquote, so obvious he wasn't going to win. We were like, oh, he's never he's never going to stick this out because he has to do financial disclosures. Right. He's never going to stick this out because if there's any chance he's not going to win, you know he's not going to do it. Right. Remember all that talk and all that chatter? And then he did stay in and nobody was more surprised than him that he won. But... I I, I, I want to hear what you say about this, because I think he definitely is planning to run again. And I think he is definitely planning to win again. I think he never feels more alive and not terrible about himself than when he's in front of a rally crowd. Yep. And that's that's just like that's I, fudge for dinner every night for the last next two years for him. Can he do the rallies even if he isn't running? I think he could. I, I, he is running. His reelection started in January of 2017. Yeah, but I see. I, I think he'll probably win. Like, if you want me to just bet money, yes or no, will he be on the ballot two years from now? Oh, I've given a ball hood. He'll, he's he'll, definitely going to win. I don't think so. Because well, we're going to have 16 people on our side splitting every conceivable vote. Uh, I think we'll get behind it. And I, I, I also mm. think if you look at the actual way that he well florida is florida and florida looks you know obviously came up red tuesday but pennsylvania went super blue uh we because the district changes right yeah district changes changed lots of stuff we pennsylvania uh it did itself proud after helping to elect trump two years ago but uh we got a democratic governor re-elected democratic senator re-elected neither of whom even really had serious opposition wasn't even close uh, flipped a bunch of house seats. Uh, it was all, you know, all looked very good. Uh, Wisconsin went for Trump in a surprise was usually blue in presidential elections. Well, Wisconsin got it tied together and kicked Scott Walker out. Anyway, I, I don't <laughs> think, I mean, that guy, that guy was, that guy was hard to get rid of. I think it was a recall for him. He kept winning. It was crazy. I think when you sit there and just look at look at it state by state and add up the electoral, I mean, it all depends who the Democrats run. I just think that there is a chance though that Trump looks at this thing like, and I, I, losing would be humi- – I don't think he could handle losing, right? I don't think that his right. brain could handle it. It's the it – That's be- what I thought in 16 too, though. And I think that if he 
I think if he looks at this and sees it as a loser, um, mm-hmm. I think he just, I think his out is very obvious. He just, just declare, you know, what was his goal of going in? It was to make America great again. All he says is I did it. It took, it took one, I only needed one term. I'm so good. I only needed one term. America's great it. again. I fixed it. And so I'm out. Here. He loves, he loves those cheering crowds. Well, and I think I, 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 I and he, he doesn't even have to run to get the cheering crowds. He could still go around the country and have his little true, rallies. But the other thing that's, I'm not going to say it's a certainty, but I think of the things that are happening with Russia, how does one put this? I think there's a pretty good chance that the Russian investigation is going to touch parts of his family pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Don Jr. is uh, looking at jail time. He's looking at jail. But like, even like, so like, I don't think uh, Trump stays up nights worrying about Roger Stone. No. <laughs> um, but I, I think, uh, and I hate to admit, yes, I have wanted this all along. I have wanted to see Jared Kushner be sad. I've wanted that for a very long time. And I think those two guys are have some fairly significant legal exposure. And if for no other reason, then I don't know. See, he... On the one he can't stand to be a loser in the electoral sense, but he also can't stand to feel like you've beaten him at anything. I think he could, I think he declares that he that he he's not running. He's the, my work my work is done. It's already great, and then he'll spend yeah. the rest of his life saying that if he had won, if he had run, he would have won. <laughs> right? And it, it All right. Will, it will, bet a dollar. Yeah, I'll bet a dollar on this. <laughs> I'm going to bet, bet a dollar. dollar. The dollar in the bet is the contract is uh, does Tom, Donald Trump. Run um, well. At what point I, does he make it to election day and stay in through election day twenty twenty? Right. Regardless, of, okay. Well, no, because he'll still be president. He needs to win. Okay. No, I think it's whether he runs. Have your or... assistant type it up. I'll agree to whatever yeah. it is. No, well, let's just say that, that you know that the Republican primaries go off and he's you know he's on a you know he's going to be the nominee. I, I just, thought he would drop out. I really did. I think I, really I, I just don't think he runs. I, I feel like, and you know, who knows? Maybe this next year. And we haven't talked about his health. The guy <laughs> is not healthy. He thinks your body's like a battery. He he, I, I, he's right. misshapen. He's a misshapen child's craft project. He doesn't want to waste his he energy like, on exercise. No, no, that's why he's. That's why he keeps leaving his phone in the car. He looks like he looks like he's been. He looks like something came from Michael's crafts. He's he's lumping. He's a he's. Uh, I Thanks think that if back. he doesn't run, he never he's never lost, and that he keeps yeah. he yeah. you know, and he can do the rallies as long as he wants. People would still go see him. He'll be doing rallies yeah. in twenty twenty two. No, Jesus! Thanks for having me back. We went long today. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Enjoy your iPad. <laughs> Thank you very much. You too. Hey, what do you want to? Best, you, uh, you should uh, you should tout something. You've got like a dozen podcasts. What do you you you've, you've got? Yeah, you I think mentioned people should um, do by any, Friday. Uh, you got do by Friday. Dubai Fridays there. I, I really want to make sure people uh, people who like this show in particular might enjoy a show I do with John Syracuse called uh, Reconcilable Differences. That's at relay.fm slash rd. I would I would like you to go and uh, check out that show. It's a show I really enjoy doing, and uh, John's super annoying, but I, I have a lot of respect for him. I got to get him back on this show soon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but that well, is, you know, he's got, he's got his video games and stuff. He's busy. That's a tough one for me because, uh, you know, he's a wonderful person, but, you know, uh, he, you got to be on your toes. You oh, I mean? you sure got to be on your toes. I don't know how you do it on a regular basis. He's got all those flying monkeys. You think you got flying monkeys? That guy's got flying monkeys. <laughs> Boy, you say anything to disagree with John Syracuse. Oh, Anyway, it's, you know, we had this, we planned on doing this after the election all along. There was a moment, yep. like I told you, there was a moment Tuesday night where I thought, oh, I'm going to, it's going to be a holiday party again. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would happily come back anytime I enjoy your program. Uh, I'm, I, uh, I'm glad you're doing this and um, 
I'm going to be collecting my dollar. All right. I think, I think he doesn't run. <laughs>